0: The I'm their podcast. I'm, just, I'm your host, Freyway, <laughs> and I'm here with you, my co-host Kenny. I just feel like <laughs> yeah, I just feel like right. what just <laughs> happened? It's, so yeah. it's already started. So we're gonna be talking about I need clarification. Sauls three, four, and five. And the rants <laughs> have already started prior to the record button being pressed. So um yeah, Saul three. Saul three, there's there's a part. So what I said to made everyone laugh before this is that uh okay, this is the one where the guy comes out of the DK crate. And Stengel and Kenny were like, wait, what? What, what the fuck you talking about? No, I know what out you're out talking about. I'm
1: just laughing because Kenny's so lost. Yeah. I'm super lost.
0: <laughs> what happened? Who came out so of the DK? So in K- Saw 3? 3, the main, the main, like, uh, protagonist the person who's guy. getting tested. Yeah, the guy Jeff. who's getting tested, Jeff. He's walking through the maze, but before he gets to the maze, he's suspended. He's suspended in the air in a fucking crate, and then they drop oh, him. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. out of a DK crate, and that shit just it's always like, makes me like laugh.
1: It's like in Donkey Kong Country, yeah, like when you throw small. the crate and like DK yeah, yeah, yeah. comes out of it. Yeah, like a yeah, barrel yeah, yeah. or crate.
0: You know, DK comes and the out the of way, The of crate. way
1: like Jeff walks around the test, he kind of walks around like DK, yeah. like a little like animal like. Yeah, you know, he's a little slower than Donkey
0: Kong, but you know, yeah. Saw three is the one so it starts with a guy who's chained up he wakes up and he's like chained up to a bunch of these long ass metal chains coming out of his mouth his i want to say his arms legs his stomach Mm. maybe like they're all over the place and the tape comes on it's like yo you have to pull these chains out of your body in 90 seconds Otherwise, this nail bomb across from you is going to explode and kill you. And immediately when we turned this movie on, I was like, this is the most unhinged shit ever. Not a
2: murderer, by the
0: way. Right. Back to Jigsaw (laughs) being not a murderer, which is complete bullshit. I just want to say, I don't know if we're in the wrong or if the writers are in the wrong, but this is some sick shit. Like whoever thought that the idea of torturing people like this, these movies are just torture porn. And. And we enjoyed the fuck out of them. I don't know if that says something about us or if that says something about the people who actually created it or the millions of people who ingest this material and make them make 10 of them, right? There's 10 Saul's movies now, Ten Saul movies mm-hmm. out right now.
2: I've heard from multiple people now. I still haven't seen it, obviously, but that's part of what this journey is. I've heard from multiple people now that Saul 10 is either the best or second best one.
0: I mean, I, like, I told you how I feel. That's, all the Saul that's, movies... That's, how,
2: that's what I heard from a lot of people, so...
0: All of them are, like, bad from a technical standpoint but if you like the genre if you like just Saul, right which i mm-hmm. i do they are all good to me in a way except for which you know we'll get to at a, at a point stango's gonna try yeah, to defend don't him, but.
1: yeah don't worry and cochran's here for Saul four
0: yeah stango, I'm, I'm
1: gonna be i'm gonna be out I'm, I'm getting oj off yeah he's, stango, he's getting off this case
0: stango wants to defend Saul four so we will let him <laughs> do that but uh yeah i think that these three movies they are actually pretty good for the most part like in the in the way i mean that is they kind of feel like one long movie these three like three four and five they're, are one long movie they're interesting
2: too because in a weird way right because like we're doing three movies here we're doing three four five right and our first episode of this we did saw one and two and if you think about it like maybe we should have didn't saw one two three and that but in a weird way three acts as the end of the first trilogy but it acts as the first movie of like a new trilogy yeah because saw three even though if you don't watch 4 and 5, Saw 3 kind of closes Saw 1, 2, and 3. And then, like, you know, that's where they plan to end the series. But then Saw 4 comes out, and it it plays out, and then at, at some point you realize it's happening at the exact it's, same yeah, time as Saw 3. literally
0: happening together. So that was yep. the big reveal about Saw 4 is that Saw 3 and 4 are literally taking place at the same time. And then Saw 5 is just, like, the events directly following Saw 3, basically. Like, Saw 3 yeah. is the conclusion. So... In a in a weird way, this is like its own trilogy, and it does make sense to kind of talk about them together before we move on to Saul six, which is I guess like a bit of a conclusion maybe but for three, four and five, I did enjoy three a lot three has what I consider to be the most gruesome trap that I've ever seen in Saul It's um the rack is what it's called and mm. i <sighs> I absolutely hate that trap it's a uh, I just got goosebumps on my leg that trap is so. Yeah, so the the rack is the one with the black guy on it who you're kinda like on this machine like crucified, right? Like Jesus. And oh, each yeah, of yeah, your yeah. limbs are being twisted. Every, every like couple seconds, your limbs get twisted until they are completely obviously twisted off of your body. And so it starts with his arms and then it goes to his legs and then eventually it goes to his head and yep. it is extremely brutal. And I don't. So what I hate about the jigsaw traps in general is that they're not created equal. Um, I was talking to Stango about this, but I believe at the beginning of Saw 5, the the trap that the guy is in in the very beginning is a pendulum. And it's this gigantic-ass pendulum blade swinging left and right, and it's getting lower and lower as he tries to smash his own hands in order to um, free himself, right? I hate that trap. That trap, to me, is probably like outside of the rack that's one of the worst ones for me personally to be put in because i don't like the idea of seeing slowly that i'm going to die like that like that yeah. that i just in general i don't want to see my death coming and then it doesn't even kill you with the first swipe when it eventually does touch your stomach nope. like the guy he got like the first swipe of it it came and it, it kind of like slashed him i mean it slashed him really bad to the point where he probably would die if he just like you know didn't get slashed ever again after that, but the first slash did not outright end his life. He was still very oh. conscious and very alive. And then it comes back and it slashes a little deeper. Then it gets a little deeper. Then it gets a little deeper until eventually it cuts him in half. And I hate mm-hmm. it. Like I just hate it. Meanwhile, yeah,
1: yeah. Go ahead. Fraser right, just, yeah. just said, "Just blow me up."
0: Yes. So exactly. Like literally, just, blo-
1: just blow me up. Like we don't
2: need the we don't need the theatrics of.
0: Yeah, I hate it. The, like just the, put you me know in know the what trash individual. that just blow. Yeah, kill me immediately.
2: One of the worst fucking traps to me is, uh, and it's really simple, but it's the one where he puts the fat guy, I th- this is in Saw 1, he puts the fat guy like in a barbed wire room, yeah. and he has to crawl through barbed wire to like free himself, and it's like-
0: Yeah, Jigsaw fashioned for sure. It's like so ridiculous because first of all,
2: yeah, he was fat already, and so like that makes it even harder. Yeah,
0: that trap is only but, hard because that guy was big. If that guy was just like a regular, you know, person who's 150 pounds or some shit, like
2: oh my god. We
1: we also got to talk about like how that guy like was maybe like secretly part of the X Men. Like he was just the blob. Like he was like <laughs> he was like this big fat anger guy, but he was like about to overpower like we'll talk who who was with john kramer but you know john kramer jigsaw was out here yeah. you know yeah he had, he had an accomplice and like this guy was just beating the shit out of both of them and it like took like multiple shots of like whatever tranquilizer they used to like yeah. knock them Did out he
0: even know that that guy died from the barbed wire trap like is he dead from that
1: yeah in yeah, the yeah, first yeah, movie when they when they go the, investigate, the crime, yeah the crime scene his dead bodies in the
0: Okay, this so he died wire. from getting cut up so bad from barbed wire. Yeah, I mean, that one, why does that one disturb you so much, Kenny? I'm just curious.
2: Because it's the fact that, okay, so it's the fact that it's a trap where, like, you could just, I guess, sit there and do nothing. And right. in order to progress, like, you have to put yourself through, like, this immense amount of pain. Because you're you're sitting there, and you could just sit on the other side, and the door's going to lock. And you could just sit in the room, I guess, until you suffocate and die in three days or whatever. Right. But...
0: Is that how set up? Tra- you had like a certain amount of oxygen or something, it was gonna close. I think
2: I think it was like you had a certain amount of time or and like the door locked and there was no way to get the out of The door was, it was gonna lock out. and he was
1: already cut because I don't know, they sliced them up before <laughs> Yeah. It was something
0: like <laughs> not that. A but, though, but he's right? not a murderer. Yeah.
2: So in that trap though, what was so crazy? I think this is Saul One but I think what what's so fucked up about it is, like, one of the traps is, like, you have a fucking, you know, a giant metal basket on your head that's going to explode your head. Yeah. And you just have to, like, find the key and open it. And in doing that trap, uh, you just kind of have to, like... I don't know, it just feels weird. Like, you just kind of have to do something or, like, you have to play some kind of weird game. But in this barbed wire one, it's, like, you have to literally make your body walk forward. And if you think about how we react to pain, we recoil back. Right. If something hurts us, we're going to recoil back. So you have to, like, literally walk and crawl through these barbed wires ripping your skin apart. And as that's happening, your body's going to want to recoil backwards. And it's just, like, this, like... Fucking completely against like your human nature thing yeah, that just, you have to do, just
0: natural self preservation will and, make you. And the more,
2: the more and more blood you 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 lose, the
1: more and more tired you get, and everything like that. Yeah, it's like it's such it's a like, fucked up trap. It's, it's definitely it's definitely a trap uh, stacked against you.
0: A trap of all time.
1: Uh, well, no, for me, it's 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 the rack. It's not even close. Mm. I don't think as far as what we've seen in the these past three movies, there's a trap that. I probably think on the magnitude of pain.
0: Yeah, because the rack doesn't kill you for so long, too. Like it doesn't kill
1: you for so long, and it, it has to be the most painful trap uh, that we've seen so far. Yeah, your your um, limbs
0: are being broken one by one. Like actually, factually, your mm-hmm. arms being twisted until you know. At first, it's a twist, and it's like, oh, that's kind of like if somebody started twisting my my arm or whatever. I'm like, okay, that's like. So, like chill you know you, you know you play with your friends and you got to start wrestling around and somebody might get you in an arm an arm bar or something they might put you in a in a way where it's like bro like you could break i could break your arm right now it's the same thing pi May did the fucking beatrix kiddo in in uh yep. the kill bill movies you know he had her arm he's like this is my arm now i could break this shit that exact way like i've been putting it that by my friends before just roughhousing when we were you know young boys and it's it's scary to think like you know i've never had a broken limb in my life like i don't know what it feels like to have a broken i've never had anything broken oh, I have so you can attest to it. Is it, like, extremely painful?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not oh, what's it's, the worst pain in the world. I would say in the exact moment that it happens,
1: it's not that bad because the shock of your body, like, right. you know something's wrong
2: right. and there's, like, a warm heat and, like, this, Where did you like, break, pain. Kid? I've broken my wrist and my arm. Oof. I broke my arm. Uh, I was on a swing. I th- I, if I remember correctly, this was, like, on Mother's Day. I was on a swing. Oh, I, was with, <laughs> I was out with
0: I was out with my mom. <laughs> you gave me you were hell Kenny you were fucking hell dog yep. Kenny Mother's was Day hell. here you go
2: <laughs> but yeah we were like oh at uh it was Mother's funny. Day and I was with my mom and we were at my mom's house it was like a this condo that her husband at the time had, I think I don't mm-hmm. remember. But anyway, there was a swing out back, and so I was on the swing, and I'm swinging like super high, and then I get really high up, and then I do a a, a back, I try to do a backflip off of the swing, so I try to jump backflip off the swing, and I land on my arm, and I broke my arm.
0: Yeah, I used to do the thing where you swing too high, like blatantly It's just you know I'm at the playground, and I'm going back and forth, and eventually it gets to a point where it's like okay, this is concerning. Now that I think about it, like I was a daredevil, but nothing ever happened I guess I just got lucky but people would be looking at how high I'll be going on the swing cuz it's like that is just straight up dangerous and if I was on the outside mm-hmm. looking at it now as an adult like if my kid was doing that, I'd be like do not do that like that is you're fucking walling out right now um but yeah I could have I could easily have broken something that when way. you
2: swing up this is the the memory for all you all everybody here and When you swing up so high and like you get up to the top and like you're really fucking high and the swing kind of like buckles on itself for a second, you know what I'm talking like the chain like buckles in for a second as you like swing down. And it feels like it's going to, like, just kind of fall. It's fucking... I just remember that. Like, you swing up really high it's and... It's very then it exhilarating feeling. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. The
0: other thing that's interesting is, like, okay, so we're talking about the rack and how breaking an arm is painful. This is level one of the pain. Because the whole time we're talking about limbs being broken, the first twist is, like, oh, that hurts. The second twist is it's broke. The third and fourth twist are it's coming off. So... Yeah. If an if a broken arm is like painful or whatever, just imagine the next step after that is like, okay, for for your limb to be broke is one thing, but broken limbs are repairable. You go to the doctor, they break it back, they put you in a fucking cast, they send you to school it, the next day. Like you don't even you don't even miss school for that shit it, usually. It
1: twist it twists the limbs so much, it's like twisting like bones out of like like chicken yeah. chicken wings. Yeah, no, like, actually you're like right. Like how people how people like twist bones in a chicken wing. It like twists <laughs> to free it from all the cartilage and the meat and just yeah.
0: Shoop, well, I think you see that out. too when his leg, his uh, his right leg is twisted as they're trying to help, and, and it you snaps. see it you, sounds
1: like a tree branch. Yeah, you see breaking. the bone
0: come out of the foot though, like it's gross you yes, see actual so bone come out. So that that is definitely one of the worst. Um but uh, in in general just to, like back up to Saw 3. So this guy's ripping these fucking things out of his body. These chains, these like they're kind of like piercings almost. Like yeah. if somebody was into some heavy metal type vibes and they had piercings all over their body but the piercings have long chains attached to them. And you have to rip them out of your body and then proceed out the room essentially before this this nail bomb goes off. And the guy does it, but then he gets to the one that's like in his mouth or on his jaw it's like in his jaw yeah and he just can't do it like he and, I, and in my head i'm like i would not be able to do that like i don't care how do you how do,
2: you do you even do it you're, you're not you're not gonna rip it through your fucking bone yeah because it's like pierced through his jaw yeah and, but like you're supposed to rip it out but my thing is like how are you supposed to rip it past your fucking bone like it's in your Bone, you know I'm, what yeah, I mean? I'm never,
0: like, I'm never going to be able to do that. That that one for me is just complete ridiculous. And I guess that was one of the ones that you couldn't win anyway, though, right?
2: Yeah, because the door was welded shut. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that,
1: like, that's a, that's a lot of what starts like with the the beginning part of the movie when they like, um, start like really getting into the crime scene investigation of mm-hmm. like a lot of the traps. They're just like, well, the point of the game is the survive, right? So why was the why do you guys have shut? to like Right, bust down the door if it was well to shut right. like, like how he was never he ever had a gonna chance. escape yeah he never had a chance and also you could kind of tell with the trap itself because one of the chains literally was rooted inside of his mouth through his jaw there's yeah. like no possible way a human can pull a metal bar through their entire jaw like yeah. like that
2: yeah i also think it's funny now granted that was one of the ones that that were unwinnable and it gets revealed that like at, at some point in one of these movies that not all the traps are set up by jigsaw and some of them are set up by his apprentices and his apprentices don't always follow his like way yes and they make unwinnable traps and his traps are always supposed to be winnable like
0: they're, but, they're doing them to kill people flat out yeah they're not doing them for to test people there it's not a test it's just that's just murder it's just it's just straight up murder it's murder um now but it, i think it goes right oh go ahead what do you want to say
2: I was going to say, I just want to say, even Jigsaw, though, I think he sets up tests where some of them are just so ridiculous, where it's like, you have to do this absurd thing and you have to do it in 90 seconds or 60 seconds. And it's like, there's, it's not fucking possible for you to...
0: I think a madness trap where she had to cut into the guy to get her freedom was ridiculous. I think that... And like, fucking a
2: key in his intestines or whatever, right? Yeah, he
0: was alive and all that. I don't think that that one was real. Like, in my opinion, I feel like that was also set up for her to just die. Yeah, like... Like, even Jigsaw does these bullshit traps, in my opinion, because I think she had a minute or two minutes. It was something ridiculous. It was something that I just feel like coming, like waking up in shock that I'm in a room with a thing on my head that's going to actually end my life if I don't get it off my head in 120 seconds. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And I have to cut through a human, something I've never done before, with a scalpel. Like, bro.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like uh, the the added-on pressure as well, where it's just like... He literally says, look at the video is like, look at the video. Know that I'm not lying. And you see a video demonstration of what this thing will do to your head. It will split your head like a goddamn melon. if You don't get this game key.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know why uh, that, she got a fucking actual demonstration of what would happen to her had she not gotten so is all be, hilarious.
1: Correct. I, I think to like break it down, the thing I really like about these particular three movies is that it really starts to delve into like the dynamic of like Jigsaw and his apprentices. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where like as like, you know, the the Saul apologist, you have to look past like the pretty bad plot points of like Jigsaw's traps as well. where like pretty much like on paper not winnable but like you kind of have to accept the storyline of like jigsaw is always making a test that is winnable yeah and then like it's these like, apprentices I'm to that are corrupting here's yeah, the thing
2: though right they're corrupting this idea if, of like if even test. jigsaw's tests are supposed to be winnable how come no one's ever won like only amanda's ever won <laughs> <laughs> and i'm it's not true. convinced it's so I'm true i'm not convinced she wasn't like orchestrated to win right because the only other time we see amanda win a test is the second test she ends up being in where we find out that like she's not she's you know the apprentice and she's not supposed to fucking lose and then the only person that survives other than amanda is the little kid who only survives because amanda's there other than that no one ever survives a fucking jigsaw trap like no regular person not involved with jigsaw ever wins a jigsaw trap yeah i mean
1: i mean a lot a lot of times like i guess i guess the main thing you could say is that like you know not everyone is always gonna you know do what this psychopath wants but in a lot of ways when you think about it in a very like impartial like i'm not i'm not taking the morality or the legality or anything into into it like detective matthews he literally could have won he could just just not doing anything. He of could've. course, you can't ask him oh, to yeah. just not do that's anything. Go- but so if Matthews he literally, the
0: second movie, right? Yes. Yeah. If yeah. if Matthew's literally just
1: place. stood in that room and was just yeah yeah for for like an hour and a half, it would it would have been over. But like obviously, that's not what makes a good movie. But I think I think that's like. Where, when, like, you're being the Saul apologist, you have to kind of buy into this idea where it's, like, Jigsaw's this pure of testing the human condition to survive and stuff like that. I ain't never gonna say he's
0: pure. Yeah, I, enjoy, sure about I enjoy... It. The no, no, movies no, but uh, what I'm, I'm nonsense, saying is, is that, but... like,
1: you have to buy into the story that that's yeah. his intention, and the apprentices are corrupting this idea of, like, Listen, they're using I'm not, this to facilitate... I'll to buy in, in but I'm not like gonna that. buy
2: in. All right, Not these motherfuckers saying... I love... And it, it happens a lot, like, even up to this fifth movie. Yeah, just every like, movie, I think they put it he's in. He's not a murderer. They
1: love, they loved, they loved not a to murderer. say he's not a murderer. They love to say like, it. What is happening? That's their favorite thing to say.
2: I like but,
0: how, uh, oh, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to kind of, like, transition the topic and, like, talk about Saw 3 and 4 and some stuff as they're happening at the same time, but what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say, so after the guy, like, you know, dies from not being able to yank all things out, they go right to another trap that's unwinnable, and it's the, the, female lead detective that you've been seeing for several yeah. movies. She's like suspended in the air with this machine lodged into her rib cage. And if she doesn't get this key out of a vat of acid, it's going to actually, which is absurd. Yes. <laughs> she has to dig her hand into a, it's like a, a Mason jar of acid, right? Like a big ass Mason jar of acid. And if she doesn't grab the key out of the acid, so put her hand in, let it get dissolved all up, get the key out, which already the key, you can see the key when it drops in there. It's fucking dissolving. Like the key Yo. starts dissolving immediately, and then she reads, the, she gets her tape, you know, read out to her while the key is actively dissolving. So in my head, I was like, oh, this is also not going to be winnable because by the time she gets it out, the key's going to be misshapen, so it yeah, doesn't.
1: Yeah, by by the time she learns the rules of the game, it's already yeah. going to be right, like not winnable by that
2: point. This was f- this was funny to me because uh, well, first of all. I don't know the official names of the traps. So this trap, when you guys said the rack, I thought you were talking about this, because in my head, this trap is the rib rack. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. she's it on a rack and her ribs together. get ripped out. Yeah. But anyway, it's so funny. There's, like, this recent thing going on in the... Uh, this This all makes sense at a moment. There's a recent thing <laughs> going on in, like, the red pill community where they're talking about, like, getting vasectomies. <laughs> and they're, like... To okay. be a real man, like, you got to get a vasectomy and, like, blah, blah, blah. And there's, like, all this other stuff, right? And But they're talking about getting vasectomies. And, like, get a vasectomy in your 20s and, like, go have as much sex as you want and all this other shit. And then, they're so, like, the argument against it's like, you're, you're influencing 20-year-olds to, like, get a vasectomy, which is a life-changing thing. And then, like, the counter-defense to that is, like, oh, but vasectomies are reversible. Correct. It's, like, if you get a vasectomy reversed within, like, 10 years... Um, it's got like an eighty percent chance to be reversed, but then after ten years, it like goes down to like forty percent, and so now this is where it all makes sense. Why is I, I was off? about to
1: say I'm waiting for this part because we're we're
0: far okay, we're you far shit gotcha.
2: <laughs> What people don't understand is that it's not like it's. 80% 90% chance to be reversed and then when you hit 10 years it just suddenly drops to 40% right. it gradually goes down over time so each passing year the present chance gets lesser that you can reverse the vasectomy it's not like it just automatically goes down at right. 10 years that would be so what?
0: ridiculous if it had a timer on it and if you did it on 959 yeah. it was like oh well I'm at 80% because I, I did it before the 10 so, like exactly all this to say that key in the in the Nevada fucking
2: exit <laughs> is going to be misshapen. Like, it only needs to be misshapen a little bit to yes. not work as a fucking key anymore. So it's not like <laughs> after 60 seconds, then it just instantly auto dissolves yeah. and then you can't use the key. After five seconds,
0: the key is unusable. Yeah, I know keys that have been uh damaged a, a slight amount and they won't open locks. Yeah. So that's that's a very real thing. But yeah, the lead detective, she's on this rack thing, the rib rack, and she actually accomplishes it. She gets the key out, which was like suspension of disbelief, because the key would have been dissolved. But she puts her hand in the vat fills up with blood, her blood from her hand dissolving. Uh, She gets it out. She jams it into the lock. She turns it. And then there's this helpless moment that's, like, so fucked up where she's, like, trying to pull the Well, there's the a rack. click.
1: There's a click, like, it opens. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. when she tries to take it off, it doesn't come off. Yeah, she,
0: like, reaches in to grab both of it. Like, it's almost like when you, you know, you have a jacket. Like, you walk around like Bane. She does, like, the Bane thing. Bartman, where you put both your hands on your jacket, and you just kind of, like, <laughs> you kind of, like, do this. By the way, when I was
1: younger, I used to do that all the time. Like, after I after I saw Tom
0: <laughs> Tom Holland in 2012. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was just like noises. out there with the with the bane with the bane pose, like it was the twelve bane years pose ago. Was, by the way, yeah, right.
0: But yeah, but, that's um, a, it's insane. So she she does the bane pose, trying to pull the damn rack out of her ribs. Which, if you think about it, like this was never going to work. But nope. obviously, it doesn't yeah. come undone, and she's like, "No, no, I didn't. I did what I was supposed to do." And then you see a, a, a silhouette walking towards her, and she she notices it, and then of course it's like she talking. recognizes
1: them. Like she yeah. she pretty much like looks at them like you and then right. goes
0: yeah it fucking rips her actual ribs out and the way it happens i don't know why they do it this way but it's very like theatrical Angelic. she kind of yeah she puts her arms out and right. like it is like oh just take me kind of vibes and it just fucking rips them and yeah, I think
1: uh i, I think like, I don't know if it's like said lore wise in, in the movies or if it's just like a fan name. I think it's like the angel wing trap or some something like that. Oh, okay. That makes that. sense. I think yeah, I think it's called something like That's that. That's
0: dark as hell, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, so out comes Jeff from the fucking DK crate. And this we're finally full circle. <laughs>
1: uh not not yet. We we have a uh, Dr. Dr. Lynn. Like this this random uh, doctor lady, she's like at this dude's house or whatever. She's, like, waking up out of bed. Oh,
2: yeah, she's, like, in a... I think she's in a hotel.
1: Yeah, she's, like, in an apartment, hotel, yeah, whatever. She's, like, waking out of bed, and, like, this dude's, like, asking her, like, what are we? And she, like, turns around and is, like, it, aren't I supposed to say that? Girl pair girl, balls or something. And she's, just like, leaves or something like that. Yeah. She goes to the hospital, and then, like, pretty much she, like, saves like saves a kid kid's life, but she's, like, so distracted by something that, like, one of the nurses is just like, like, we need you to save lives, like, you're not here and available and ready, and stuff like that, and she's just like, pretty much, whatever, leave me alone, and then, uh, she gets kidnapped by the piglet.
0: Yeah, the pig mask comes out of nowhere and just abducts her, as usual, it's pretty much everybody gets called by this shit, uh, but yeah, after, like, not, we're not gonna go play-by-play of each and every movie, because we're just kind of already jumping around, obviously. But, yeah, right. But the main the main thing is that in this movie, the guy, Jeff, the main guy, he's walking around this labyrinth, and he has to go through all of these people who are involved in his son's death. So his son got ran over by a car, I think, and there were several people who all had a part in the person who did it getting off with, like, a really small sentence so there's a witness to it there's a person who actually did it there's the judge who did the sentencing. there's like a whole cabal of people involved in this case and jigsaw has somehow kidnapped every single fucking one of them and put them as separate rooms in this labyrinth that jeff has to navigate through and decide if he wants to save them or leave them be and just let fate deal with them however it does. Which by the way, now this one, this is where I'm like, how was he not a murderer? Because these people would just die if Jeff yeah. doesn't actually do it. Like the one, the first girl, I call her the Ice Queen, Shiva. So the first, the very first room he gets to, there's a girl who's butt ass naked. Okay. She has on absolutely nothing, and she's tied up in between all of these uh poles that are sprayed, like they can spray water, right? And the room is an actual freezer, okay? It's Mm -hmm. a meat freezer, but, like, on crack. So as soon as he walks in, you can see his breath, and he's shivering. And he's like, oh, man, it's fucking cold as shit in here. And then this girl, who's butt-ass naked, she's just chilling on this this pole thing tied up (laughs) hanging from the pole. And around her, again, is a bunch of pole things that will shoot water. So he reads the tape and is like, you know, she was the witness, that's like the, the with the tape. It's like she witnessed your son uh, being ran over or being hit by a car, but she wouldn't actually testify. She didn't want to go to court, which whether, however you feel about that as a person in real life, like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. Like if you've seen a kid get killed and you didn't want to go to court because you're just like, oh, I can't be inconvenienced by this. I don't want to be involved with this. I'm just going to go on by my life. That person has the prerogative to do that. And they should not be... They don't deserve to die. They don't deserve to die because they didn't want to fucking go to court and testify that they seen that accident seen who did it. Like, that's ridiculous to me. But this is Jigsaw's logic.
2: Die in a horrible way, too. Like, being fucking frozen to death in this freezer. And then on top of that, I just want to say, this is where I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Because this guy, Jeff, is in here and then, like, he's talking... And then he kind of just goes full murder. Like, he goes, like, full murder. He, like, does nothing to try to save or help these people. And then, like, when she's at the point where there's no saving her, then all of a sudden he's like, oh, let me. And like, he tries to like she, get the key. Like,
1: The moment she starts growing a layer of ISIS skin. That's yeah, when and then he's like,
0: oh, I'm going to try to save like, you now. It's
1: like, let, let me jump action. The and then like, the, the sprinklers and the meat locker. By the way, this is the coldest meat locker in the universe. Yeah. As soon as he walks
2: in there, the air is blue. It's it's literally the yeah, room yeah, yeah. is just blue. <laughs> just That's by the way, she's <laughs> she's dead long before he even walks in there. Like how That's long was she hang. in there? Like how long was she hanging in there? That's well, what I'm I'll saying. T- this I'll girl tell you would right, just die. I'll tell you right now.
1: Because she was butt ass naked, it could cut glass. That's all I'm saying. That's how long she was in there. All right, yeah. they they could cut. They could cut. You know, when I don't I, know. When I first 40 saw this, glass, bulletproof glass.
0: When I first saw this as a as a teenager, actually, because this movie's old as shit too. Saw three. When I first saw this as a teenager, I remember thinking to myself. So I hate the cold in real life. Like I do not huh. like the cold. I don't fuck with the cold. The idea of being butt ass naked in a mm. in a freezer. Is already torture to me. Like that's a, like Jigsaw. Whatever you want from me, like you got it right. Like I'm, I will give you anything to just take me back to where it's warm and safe, and I'm clothed. Like, being cold in a freezer and naked is wild. And then for it to have water being sprayed on her. So the guy at first he's like happy that she's being tortured and basically murdered in front of him because of his her inaction. I guess is how he feels. Like she didn't do anything to get the guy convicted of a of a harsher charge. Uh, but then he starts to resent his decision, and he decides that he wants to save her. But by the time he does reach for the key, it's too late. So when he turns around with the device that with the key that could save her life, she's actually frozen over so bad that like Sango said, there isn't there's like a sheen of actual ice over her. Mm-hmm. She's encased in ice, and this is obviously suspension of disbelief because it happened entirely too quick. Like one minute, you know, she's being sprayed, then the next second, like he turns around and she's just like literally. Be, yeah, full.
2: Al-K-Jude.
0: and he goes to touch her like he walks over to her body encased in the ice and he like puts his hand on her face and her face caves in almost like she would just shatter
1: yeah like crap yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so I, she's the ice queen I, I, I like that trap because i think that, that is genuine torture above all else like most people for their traps before the trap happens you're kind of just waiting to be sentenced to die yeah um, but hers is like you're being tortured up until the point you die
1: yeah it's, it's very gradual sim it's similar to the rack in that way where you know there's no reprieve at all it's like you're you're in you're suffering literally right up to the to the yeah. last very moment and,
2: and this kind of like I mean they kind of do this in the second movie where there's an innocent person, this being the little child who's kind of like being tortured and like put in all this danger and has really nothing to do with him. he's just like a circumstance and but it's it's done a lot more in this movie movie three, where they start doing this thing where like there are other humans who like in their own right have no fucking right to be being put through this that are just kind of collateral for somebody else's test like all of the people yep. in this guy's test like they're not the ones being tested there's nothing they can do
0: yeah
2: to get out of this situation so it's just like five people set up to be murdered unless like that. this unless this guy jeff decides and it's like these are just all and so i this is where it starts to become more of like yeah, like you were just so a bad. fucking murderer. Like there're five it, yeah, people that yeah, are just innocent and they have no way of getting out and it's like it's, it's up to this guy Jeff to fucking save him.
1: It's <laughs> so incredibly bad because like that that's like kind of the whole thing of the movie. It's like he he there the traps are getting a lot more like like, extravagant, where they're they're throwing all these people as just, like, these plot devices, where it's just like, this is your test for your survival of, like, whatever it is. Instead of this a test of, like, them being, like, Jeff being able to survive like something that could deadly kill him, it's like, can you overcome this mental turmoil of yourself of, you know, consuming your life? It's just like, motherfucker, you're just killing five people. Like, these people are just... <laughs>
2: What if Jeff never w- woke up out of the Donkey Kong barrel, like, yeah. <laughs> dude? What if What if the barrel fell wrong and he like cracked his neck? That's, you know what I mean? That's the <laughs> thing I was
0: thinking. The way he came out of the barrels was also violent. Like he fell out of it. Yeah. He could have just died from that, or like got severely injured where he couldn't even walk. He
2: was like on
1: top of a forklift, like yes. a fully yeah. extended forklift. That's like. <laughs> what do you think that's that's
0: like nine feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah, when you really think about it, yo, it's wild,
2: dude. A piece of wood could have like went through his Achilles, and Bro. like that's it. Like, yeah, yep.
0: The girl would have for sure died. The other people, maybe law enforcement would have eventually found them, and they're no uh, imminent danger per se outside of just like maybe oxygen concerns or whatever. Because I don't know how all these rooms are set up, but yeah. their their devices don't just start. But the girl who's like hanging and freezing naked in a room that is probably like negative 20 degrees she's Mm -hmm. just she's just just going to die like hypothermia she's just going to get hypothermia even if the even if law enforcement got there in a reasonable amount of time she could still just die for, hyperther- yeah. for hypothermia or just other related well, illnesses to be
1: apparently yes because she can turn into a, uh, like an icicle in, in less that than no, a minute, no and, thir- a minute yeah. and 30 seconds so yeah. like so she I, was I guess no hypothermia what, basically yeah she was cooked
0: um, so then the next trap to me is the most disgusting trap in the entire Saw franchise I have yet to see a trap more gross than this one out of every I've seen all 10 movies I think I think. I don't know if I've seen Spiral but I've seen at least 9 of 10 movies and I have to the joy still off. I've seen Spiral I have to watch it to realize oh i did see this before anyway um in this saw three movie the very next one is this pig trap and the, this oh is, yeah this, this is, is the judge right it's like the judge Yeah, this is the judge so he's in this th- i don't even know what to call it it's like a a big bowl he's in a gigantic bowl right and above him is a conveyor belt of dead pigs and Rod, dead yeah, pigs rotten, like maggots yeah oh god stango Jesus. Like,
1: yeah, no, I, I mean, it, you have to describe it. It's it like is what it is. Mag, it's maggots Ugh. and like the waste of the pigs. Oh they're like my god, instead of it being like so oh, he's, fucking gross, <laughs> he squirming so bad. Oh it's, god, it's so gross. It's bro. so bad. Like I sound like I'm describing it fine, but it's it's definitely the most disgusting trap in the oh, soul, Period. So it's, imagine it's how that. that smells.
0: Oh, it has to smell awful, Kenny. Like literally awful. But the part that gets me so this guy's in a bowl, and these pigs, these rotten pigs, these rotten dead pigs, are suspended above him, in a in in a conveyor belt type of thing. And they get dropped into a machine that grinds them up and turns them into a liquid. And it shoots the liquid into the bowl that he's in. And the goal is to drown him with fucking rotten pig juice
1: he's like, like he's like bitch. collared to the ground like yes. there's like there's like a a lock that like pretty much has his neck he's like
2: pretty much all prone on the ground
0: yeah he can't where he's just really going to be on
1: the bottom of the bowl
0: yes and, and he
2: he's like, not drowned. enough to just drown somebody in water right like he's got to drown in fucking rotten pig bile like what the fuck? frazier is, is so disturbed it's
0: <laughs> bro when i think about so this this one for me because it's another thing, drowning for me is one of the um, scariest ways to die, like in general I I don't know why I think about shit like this all the time, but people always do like, oh, fire or water, like how would you want to go, like would you ever be burned alive or drowned, and I think I'd just rather be burned and just, you know, the shock from what I've heard is like, you know you you get set on fire, you burn, obviously it's very painful, but there's a point where the pain becomes too much and you just start to like pass out from the shock of it all Um, drowning, apparently you're alive and aware for a very long time when you drown and die from it and I, I, the idea of yeah. just being, like, aware of what's happening to you is, again, too much for me. I just don't like knowing, you know, for a long time this is happening.
2: On that note, I've always been... Like, I remember growing up, like, being a kid, and you're in the car with your parents a huge fucking fear I always had was just like what if we just fucking go into a river yo i
0: just think like about that like being too. locked
2: in the car like what in about the water over the bridge yeah that's what, just like, what, about, what, what i was mean? like what if like we like someone hits us we fly over the
1: railing yeah or like, I always the bridge think like collapse. would you
0: ever be able to open the door to get out and your answer is no yeah, like, yeah. like if your car goes into uh, an ocean or a river or a lake or some kind of crazy body of water and the doors are closed you're not opening those doors and swimming out of that car and then coming up to no. the surface that's some movie shit like you're just dead so Damn. um seeing him be strapped down and having the the rotten pig juice being thrown into the bowl for him to drown is like bro even if he so even if he survives that right he can still just suffer from an actual illness <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. like there's, no way, talking about this there's no way. he doesn't today. get
1: AIDS. Like, <laughs> we were talking about. We were saying pig AIDS. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's just like he dies of like rotten pig. Like, like that's how old COVID started. Like that. that yeah. Those rotten pig carcasses is like COVID 20, 2034 Like that's the that's the advanced condition.
0: Because if you if you really think about it, right, like pigs rotten first of all any rotten animal with maggots and all that shit that's just a health concern in general it's mm-hmm. not even it's not even something that is like oh this is isolated too if you get out of this trap your health is going to be fine like no this is something that could potentially have lifelong uh uh results to it like yeah. lifelong issues and you pork,
2: know, just pork is one of those things that have it has to be cooked like you can't you can't order like you can't have like uncooked pork right it's right. very dangerous and um this is a bunch of raw, not just raw pig, which is pork, not just raw like pork. It's like already like infested, like it's infested, riddled, like
0: yeah, no, nasty And, it, it, also and it
2: also went all in his mouth
1: and down his nose, uh, and yeah, in his lungs like, and stuff like that. Yeah, like like he would all just this be happened
0: so sick after that,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was so bad. And it, pretty much Jeff's like main goal and condition to save the judge, if he wanted to, is that pretty much in a token to forgive him for like you know giving the the kid a lighter sentence in a sense uh he had to like burn like his dead son's like possessions like yeah, teddy bears like and pictures. like all those kind of things and uh um, he had to
2: burn these fucking pictures cuz they i think there was like a key that he had to get, and, like, to, in order to get the key, he had to, like, open the door, and if he opened the door, like, all the, or, like, if he took the key, it would, all the pictures would burn up, whatever it is, but... Yeah,
1: he had to pretty much, like, burn all of his dead son's possessions, and the key would, like, fall into, like, this
2: ashtray. Yeah, and of, then like, he could free this old guy. Um, But it's yeah. just, like, it, it is super ridiculous how all these traps are set up, and at the end of the day, like, this is a judge who, once again, he himself didn't do anything he didn't commit any crimes he didn't do anything crazy he just did his job like facts of a case were presented to him however it may have been and think, then like he I did like whatever way, sentencing he wanted to do yeah i think the way it was necessary and mo- then it was like in the
1: movie if i remember correctly like essentially he decided to go with a sentence that like he knew would stick longer or something like that like he he didn't want to go like maximum in like uh-huh. in case of like losing the case or something like that, it was something yeah, yeah, where it was yeah, yeah. like the dad, like Jeff, was like saying like you could have been harder on him, and he, and he was just like blah blah
2: blah. Like it was it was the only way to ensure like justice and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. They were just doing yeah yeah like the way the courts actually work. Like they were just they were doing everything they could to get the most sentencing that, like the highest percentage chance of getting a conviction and like like the highest they could get with that, right? Like you're not always going to be able to get the absolute hundred percent maximum. If you try to go for that, you need an amount more evidence. And then like, it's possible he just gets off for it all. Yeah. I mean, they do whatever the times
1: in the, in the legal system. Like if you want that maximum, like you just pretty much need a confession. That's the, that's the only, only time that you ever, you can always always whittle it down in some different ways, but.
2: So in that that regard, we just have a guy, a, a judge. And it's just like, okay, because you did whatever you do in your court system, now you potentially drown to death in pig bile and, like, rotten pig juice. It's like, how is this fair (laughs) to me? Like, It's so nasty. Why why all of a sudden am I... And this is something that happens where this is kind of like a, a theme of the movie because another thing that gets revealed is, like, all these people are being tested, but in this weird way, this entire test... It's like a gr- it's like a test and a test. It's test inception in order to yeah. test the girl. What's her name again? Doctor Lynn. Um, no, 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 not her. The, uh, oh, his Amanda. Girl. Amanda. Yeah, it's all like an inception test. It's all really to test her. Like yeah. everything's all going to lead to like this crescendo. And then like, she has to make certain decisions and whether or not she's worthy of like upholding the, the saw man. I think
1: that's a, I think that's a good point where we can break down a little bit more like kind of, cause I think it's pretty important to the movie overall. Cause mm-hmm. it, it does pretty much take up half of like what's going on in the movie. Like you have Jeff's tests and then you have like what's going on with Dr. Lynn and jigsaw and Amanda. So Pretty much, like, before, like, Jeff's tests all begin, like, when Amanda, uh, when Dr. Lin wakes up from getting kidnapped from the hospital, she meets Amanda just straight up, like, in Mm -hmm. Jigsaw's lair. And she doesn't really say anything. Like, she just kind of, like, she's like, what is this? You have me kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. And she, like, wheels her into, like, this makeshift, like, hole-in-the-wall hospital room. And Jigsaw's just laying there with, like, just, like, a respirator. And he's just, like... Looking at her, all like stoic and evil, and there's this badass theme that plays. It's actually a really cool shot in the movie. Like, I think it really encapsulates the situation. Mm -hmm. But in a sense, Amanda, like, just kind of breaks down the Lin. She puts a bomb collar on her neck, and essentially, shotgun
2: shells. It's like shotgun shells in this collar, and the shotgun shells will go off and fucking shoot into her neck.
1: Yeah, just like her head will get blown off. And essentially the conditions are is that she has to keep Jigsaw alive. And uh, as we know from the second movie, Jigsaw is pretty much like... A complete cancer patient like he's wheelchair ridden like he's really sick and in saw three they they don't fluff with it he's really he's bedridden like he can't it, get they, out they of want bed. her
2: to do like brain surgery on him and she has to save him and if she can't save him she's gonna die and the movie set up to where this is supposed to be like her test and um supposed to be her test because her being a doctor and not being all the way there and then she's cheating on her husband and like a big reveal is that like her and jeff are actually married, because the, the start of the movie starts off and way to talk about her marriage, you're kind of led to believe that she's married to the guy in the start of the movie. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, you realize that's like her affair partner, but it's all set up in a way. And then all of these people, though, are like kind of collateral testing for Amanda. It's like all really Amanda's grand inception test. And it's like, what, is, what are the decisions Amanda's going to make in order to make it worth it? Like in the end, whether or not she can do it. And then it's just like all set up, for her to either die or live in the end, it's just like so much collateral. It's
1: it's very it's very convoluted, but it's I think it's one of the better twists of the movie, and I think it does. It's cool.
2: cool. It's a cool twist.
1: Yeah, because uh, one of my favorite parts about it is that like pretty much when we get to the end of the movie of um Saul three when like the grand reveal happens where Jigsaw pretty much tells Amanda like this was your test, like yeah. everything about this test that I made is about testing you uh, jigsaw goes into a dialogue to dr lynn about like yeah pretty much awesome. telling telling her the rules of the game and the way the movie is shot in the beginning of the movie like it's a conversation between jigsaw and dr lynn but during like the classical like saw flashbacks of like what actually transpires we can see that jigsaw john kramer's actually staring at amanda while saying this yeah, and he's so, like, speaking in a way where it sounds like he's talking to Dr. Lynn, but he never directly says like, Dr. Lynn, here are the rules. Nope. Yep. He says so, like, it in a way ah. where it's like, Amanda, I'm talking to you. You don't realize this, right. but like, I'm but talking directly obsessed. to you.
2: Yeah, and it, the classic like the, the recontextualization at the end of every Saw movie is so, you know, what's really cool is that I think we did this after we watched it. I remember reading about it. We were all talking about it, but apparently Saw 3 initially wasn't going to have a twist at the end. Because they were like the director said that they thought that um, everybody would be able to see whatever the twist is. They'd start. To, they'd be able to see it coming because they're like they're used to kind of the Saw formula by now. There wasn't supposed to be this big twist reveal at the end. Um, but then they they did end up writing sort of a classic Saw twist reveal. Yeah, into the Yeah, this was definitely
0: one of the better twists for sure. Out of the ten movies I've seen, yeah. I like how you find out. Um, that Amanda was assisting Jigsaw in like the first movie and stuff. They actually Mm -hmm. show him laying down in the pool of blood with the gun and everything. And he's like pretending to be dead for that first ever game over. Amanda was the one who assisted him because like, how is he going to do that? How did he shut the door and then like, you know, set himself up in a certain kind of way and make sure that everything goes according to plan. And it's like, yeah, he did have that one accomplice guy in in the first movie, but also just, Amanda, she was, she's was she been around for a very, very long time. So I thought that was a really cool uh, twist, like you yep. said, recontextualizing the earlier movies. They show a lot of the traps those two set up together when she was in training. Like, she, you know, she goes into her mm-hmm. training with him because she survived. And it's like, like Kenny said, though, it's always interesting to think about she's basically the only one who did survive, though.
2: Yeah, that's why I think it's like, I don't believe she, she naturally survived her first test. You know what I mean? Because what's the what's the because cha- he needed to find an he's apprentice he's doing his game he's,
1: theory he's like this he's, is my movie theory like,
2: well no but he needed to find an apprentice because he's going to die he knows he's going to die so yeah. he needs to train somebody yeah. he needs an apprentice it's and not the a bad theory i honestly think it shakes out ever survive is his apprentice it's like what the fuck because <laughs> i think the one thing that you could definitely
1: give credit to is that like even though jigsaw's absolutely fucking whacked out of his mind Um, In the movie, he definitely shows a very high aptitude of intelligence and like the movie definitely wants to portray that a lot of the time. So I think he saw that in Amanda that like probably that she is very easy to like kind of, you know, sculpt Sculpting cultivate Manipulate. into this, like, yeah, into this idea that's like, oh, you can save people by doing this method of repelting. <sighs> oh my God, it's like so that. fucking
0: ridiculous. It's you can crazy. save people by putting them in situations that are going to take their life in 120 seconds. And if they survive, congratulations, they're traumatized and need therapy forever. But if they die, then you just try again <laughs> with a new person. Like, what the fuck? Yes. That is unhinged. God
2: forbid you're depressed, because I'll test you again. Yeah, so Amanda
0: gets tested three times straight, I'm realizing now. Because she's tested technically the very first time that we found out about where she has to scalpel somebody open and and dig a key out. She's tested again in a second movie, basically, by being thrown in the fucking house that everyone's going to die in this house from this Tokyo gas that will just kill you over time. And... She could just die because she's in there with a crazy criminal Puerto Rican guy who will bash her head in because he's mad. Or he wants the the, the yes. number off the back of her neck. Like, that guy was so unhinged that she could have just died regularly without any intervention from the traps or the gas or anything. She could have just died, being thrown in a pit of fucking needles. Like, and then she's tested again in a third movie. Like, bro, if my life with you, if you being my master means that you have to test me and put my life at risk every single time... I'm good on this. Like, I don't want this job anymore. Okay, I'm telling.
2: I'm fucking yeah. telling. And in the in the course of these movies, we find out that Jigsaw has another apprentice, and this yes. guy, the I don't feel like right. he gets tested nearly as much as Amanda. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he doesn't get tested the way Amanda gets
0: tested. Like, so he's mo- not in, in the all the bullshit. Hoffman.
2: Yeah, yeah. Half-day. I mean, pretty much
1: the end of the movie is that you know Amanda fails the test. She gets killed inadvertently because she kills. Lynn which is Jeff's wife and right. he's you know he's crazy he was he was <laughs> down to kill the whole movie so he was just pop he was daring to get his cherry popped yeah. so he finally got it a didn't kill didn't take much for him and then and then he kills Jigsaw when he does which, like a whole like was, whoop you know
0: that was his test he, he,
1: he yeah that was his test not kill Jigsaw he had to forgive
0: Jigsaw was like can you forgive yeah to
1: forgive which yeah. was the whole premise of his test to begin with like he was supposed to forgive everybody yeah and um you know he, calls, he doesn't forgive and
2: then his wife dies
1: Yep, His wife dies. His daughter is locked up and missing. He's got, and the movie ends with the cliffhanger of just saying like, you have another test to do. And then movie four, because, you know, movie three was technically like written as like, that's it. Like this was early 2000s. We did, we did trilogies. We didn't do anything else. Like that was it. There was no more Saul movies. So then movie four picks up.
0: Yeah, movie four starts off with John's autopsy. So his dead body's on a gurney and you see them like cutting in, removing all his organs. And it's a very slow-paced scene. Like it goes on for a little longer than I think it should. But they get to a point where they remove his stomach. They scalpel his stomach. And obviously, as we were watching this movie, we all kind of knew where it was going. There's going to be a fucking tape in his stomach, right? Like there's going to be a tape in there. Uh, So they they cut open his stomach and out comes uh, a tape. They play the tape. And Hoffman, well, Hoffman comes in And he plays the tape and he hears that like you think that you've been tested or you will go untested, but the games have just begun like this whole dark brooding thing. And it kind of at the time, because you don't know that Hoffman is actually Jigsaw's apprentice as well um, and that he's Mm -hmm. actually been involved in a lot of this. So when you're watching it, you don't really get who Jigsaw is talking to. He's like, you think you're going to go on test and all sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. It just sounds like a generic like warning He's just like he pretty much says like you think it's over because I'm dead. And it just sounds like a message that like he would say to like the like the audience of the world, I guess, where he's just like, just because, you know, I'm no longer alive doesn't mean I won't test, you know, people who need to be tested.
0: Yeah. So uh, what
1: happened? Oh, sorry. I thought you said audio issue. My bad. You're good. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, really I thought I heard you say something. You're good. Go okay. ahead.
0: Uh and then so yeah, yeah, after after Hoffman gets the tape, he hears it, he kind of storms out. And then you get the first, you know, trap of this movie which is the See No Evil and Speak No Evil. So one guy is blind, uh, not literally blind, but he's blinded for this trap. His eyes are kind of like wired shut. And then another guy has his mouth wired shut. They're literally sewn shut, too. So, like, imagine getting was it stitches? Like, imagine getting stitches but it's Mm -hmm. on your mouth and stitches on your eyes so that you can't see and you can't speak. But if, you know, they come out, then you'll just bleed a whole lot and all that. Uh, So, that's what's happening. But these guys are on the opposite side of this machine in the middle. And the machine in the middle has chains that are around their necks that is going to pull them into it and kill them. And Mm -hmm. they have to kind of do, like, this, you know, whole situation where they're supposed to work together Uh, clearly that's like how it was jigsaw designing it they're supposed to work together to get out of it but naturally the guy who can't see anything he just is so
2: unfair for the guy he's freaking the
1: fuck out because the one guy can't talk he's just just making noise and he's just like i'm blind i don't know where i am you're making noise yeah and like i hear this loud machine like think this is like complete red alert right now
0: yeah so he grabs the first thing that he could feel and he it's like a crowbar and he starts swinging the fucking crowbar like wildly while the guy who's on the other side who can see him attacking like yo bro like he's trying to get him to relax but obviously he cannot speak so they go this long back and forth you know where it's going they end up fighting and the guy who can't speak ends up winning the fight by beating the guy's head in and then getting him killed releasing himself from his constraint. And when he releases himself from his constraint, now this is the part that I kind of don't get. He opens his mouth at the Bro. end, of the, right before it says Saw 4, and all this blood, because like he forcefully opens his mouth, right? And when he forcefully opens his mouth, all of the, the stitches, just like, you know, they open up, and there's just, just this pool of blood coming out of his lips. It looks gross as hell, and then it says, like, Saw 4. But I'm like, why didn't he fucking do that? At the, if you are going to do that anyway... That's what I was saying. Like, he goes
2: through this whole trap, the other guy dies, and then, like, he's free from the trap. So now he's free from the trap. So now he could just, like, go to a hospital and and get it removed. If you were going to rip your mouth open anyway, you should have did that at the first. That way you could talk to this guy and work with him. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah.
1: Y- You know, you, you you maybe didn't have to kill him. Like, I understand he was upset. Like, but, you know, he can't see. You know what's going on. You see the stitch. You feel the stitches on your mouth. You kind of get the idea what's going on. Just just rip those bad boys off. Be like, ow, that hurt. Hey, relax. We're good. There's I just love, to- like... There's seem, a padlock on, on the back of your head. Like, let's work together. I'll get us out of here. Like,
2: I can see. <laughs> they wanted just this dumb scene of him going like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like for opening Saul's his sake, mouth.
0: It is a lot of. For Saul's sake. All that's that. definitely it. Yeah.
2: That's definitely
1: a Saul's sake situation.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But yeah, Saul 4 basically is all about Detective Rig, the black cop who is really, really. who. Rig, the first scene they Let's show him relax. In, okay, uh, mister the first scene they show him in is he's in bed at home, you know, he's just in his hey, boxers.
1: I would. <laughs> Not I would.
0: <laughs> hey, look, sexuality is a spectrum, all right? You know what I always say. But anyway.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But, um, Brig is like, you know, he's chilling at home and yeah, he, you know, he gets tested as well, basically. Like he gets, the pig man comes out, he's, he's wandering around his apartment thinking that somebody burst in, you know, he hears a weird sound. He goes, he goes No, you know what black people don't actually do in real life. He goes like looking for trouble, right? Like you hear a noise in your house <laughs> and like, what we'll do is we'll turn the TV down. We'll call for the cat or the dog. But what we're not going to do is go around the entire house looking Especially like in the scary parts of the house, like the basement, shit like that. We're not going to go looking for the sound. Like that's not that's not what we do. We kind of just stay in place, and if it comes to us, fuck around and find out. But I'm not about to go in my basement and like start looking around for shit that I, I heard a weird sound. Like I'm never doing that. Uh, but he does in this movie because there's a movie, and the pig man comes out, you know, stabs him in the neck, and he wakes up and is like, "Oh, it's time for you to get tested." Uh, but yeah, this this whole movie is like him realizing in the beginning that jigsaw had to have help because when they find the lead female detective who had her ribs ripped out they're like there's no way that jigsaw on his deathbed could have lifted this could have hoisted this person up or amanda like neither one of them have the physical strength to hoist up that detective because they know her right she was on the police force so they're like she weighed a good amount even though she wasn't like big or anything like that but she still weighed you're a good a amount
2: cancer ridden like bedridden old right. guy and you're
1: a small little like twink girl. Like you're not picking up that grown woman and attaching her to this contraption.
0: Right. They like this clearly takes a lot of strength. So they suspected that and, there's another person Yeah, helping. these were
1: FBI people that came in. They were pretty much just like, listen, y'all local cops, y'all fucking this up. FBI's here. We're, we're stopping Jigsaw. Yeah. Like they're coming to do the
2: whole jurisdiction bit movie. Go ahead, Kenny. I was gonna say, now this movie has this, I don't know, this kind of confusing play out. You you laid the premise of what's all happening. But as you're watching this movie. It's really confusing because it starts off with Jigsaw being dead. Yeah. And then all these things play out and it plays out in a way like where you're assuming the movie's happening sequentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things and timeline events that happen throughout this movie that, that like make the whole movie feel really unwatchable in a way where as you're going through the movie and the events are playing out, there's constant like flashbacks to certain things and like the way the movie, and you never, at least for me, I never felt like I got a sense of where I was in time. Like, same. It felt like the movie was all over the place. And that's by design, and, unfortunately. Yeah, it was very confusing they and very hard to watch. Because
0: they want to the time as a plot twist. So they're purposely confusing you with the time because that is the plot twist of the fourth movie is that, oh, it's happening at the same time as the movie that you just saw a year ago. Because these movies used to come out every year back then. Um, yeah. And then... Real quick, to just back up a little bit on what the the premise of four is, because it is very confusing. And even after I've watched several movies or several YouTube videos, just kind of explaining like what four is about and stuff, even the people who explain it, they always preface it by saying, bear with me. This is a lot to follow. This video is going to be longer than my other ones, but like solve Four. here we go. And one of the things is that rig realized, like I said, that it's really likely there's another person, um, helping. But for some reason, the whole premise of it is that he can't help but to save people. So he barged in to the room, uh, uh, unchecked door, right? Like, he barged in. They're supposed to, apparently, like, when you're you a know, police officer, a cop, whatever, you're supposed to go through a, a process, a procedure, before you barge in to a door to go s- trying to save someone, essentially. Um, but when he saw the videotape, the surveillance footage of the detective, his friend, you know, hanging from the thing. He couldn't tell if she was dead yet. So he like barges in and tries to go rescue her. And so after they realize like she's dead and everything, Hoffman says to him, hey, you know, you never, you're never supposed to barge into a unsecured door like that. Like that's just a no-no. And at first I'm like, that line is kind of a rant. Like why is that even in a movie? But they come to find out after Rig is poisoned and, and, and wakes from his slumber and he's about to be tested, the whole thing is that he can't let things go, right? Like that's his, that's yep. his big crime in life and that's the reason why he needs to be tested because he doesn't just he has a problem. Where he tries to save everyone. That's like his, his issue, I guess. And to me, that is and wild.
2: It's just insane too. Cause like, okay, so my problem is that I try to save everyone. And I try to do the right thing. So now I have to be put into this death game test, but then also my test that I'm put in is a test where I'm not locked in anywhere. I'm just in the city. I can just leave. If yes. I want to, I can just go to Baltimore. I don't have to, I don't have to be part of any of this. So his test, he's the only thing keeping him in the test is, is his goodwill and nature to have to save people right right? and then but realistically and so now you're watching and it's like okay so once again he has a test where other people's lives are in danger and he has to save them or whatever but his life isn't in danger so but then his life ends up being in danger of course it is because it's Saul so all this to say why did he deserve to die Did he deserve to die? Because, like... Yeah, I don't get it. What was he being tested? Because he saves people? He's a good cop? That's
0: why you got to test him and kill him? The other thing is that a lot of the people who were going to be tested because of him would have died anyway for example there is a married, one of the craziest traps and it's not like it's gruesome but it's just cool to me how they set it up is the, the married couple they yeah. are in this room that together a cool trap. it's a really cool one so this married couple there's like an old woman and an old man and their backs are to each other and they're kind of pinned up against each other and they have these long ass rods impaling their bodies at random points And it's revealed that all of the points going through the male's body are going through his arteries and things that if you pulled them out, it would kill him 100%. And all the ones going through the wife's body are just like, yeah, it's going to hurt, it's going to suck, but you will heal. These are all wounds that, like, I carefully inject, like, I carefully impaled you in these spots where you won't die from this. Like, nothing about this will kill you. But you have to, so it's a tug of war game, first of all, between a man and a woman. And the woman is supposed to pull them out and essentially kill her husband on the other side of her. Uh, it's wild. Like, the entire premise of it is fucking wild, but it is really cool because they show, like, this little graph, and they show all the pressure points and stuff, like, where they're mm-hmm. on him and where they're on her. But they would just die from no one finding them in time and bleeding out. They're also not young. Like, they're fucking older people. They will just die from bleeding out yeah. from these, these impaled rods. So, again, it's just kind of like, you're not a murderer, but if your game doesn't go the way you expect it to go, then you are a murderer. And you have been a murderer in the past too.
2: So yeah, the big thing about this movie is just that it plays out, it's Detective Riggs test. He has to save people. We find out that the guy from movie two is in this trap. He's like on a block of ice. The the lawyer from the start of the movie is um that ripped his mouth open. He's involved in all of this. And there's people being tested where this lawyer like got people off for crimes or whatever. Okay. There's all this stuff going on. Um And it's supposed to be like Riggs test to get to the end and, you know, all this stuff. The way the whole movie plays out, though, the timeline, of the events, the flashbacks, they bring in Jigsaw's ex-wife. There's all this stuff. And it's just like it plays out in this very confusing way. And as you're watching it for the first time, it feels like it's very difficult to grasp what's going on. When the movie ends, it, you know, brings things together. But when we watched Saw 4, me personally, I felt that it was by far the worst one. It was very poorly constructed now saw five which we'll get to in a second saw five is a lot better than saw four like leagues better also and it puts a lot of
0: saw five has a new director it's the first one with a new director. So that's another thing. Saw, oh, 5 was, f- Saw 5 was very good, in my opinion. Like, when we watched that one, it also has my favorite ending period. That glass trap at the end, which we'll talk about, amazing. But Saw 5 has a completely new director. And I almost feel like they canned the guy after Saw 4. Like, I genuinely do think that after that fourth movie, they were like, okay, no more of you. Like, we're done. We got to,
2: we got, cause. Uh, Stango, now listen real quick. I'm gonna preface. Stango wants to talk. He needs that He wants to go Johnny Crocken on on Saw Four. I'm gonna get him off. I'm gonna throw right. him, I'm gonna throw <laughs> it to you in one second. Saw <laughs> Four. I just want to get this premise out. Yeah, yeah. Saw Five is, is 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 I think a lot better than Saw Four, and it puts a lot of Saw Four into context. It once again it recontextualizes it, which yeah. is like. The theme of Saw. And so Saw 5, I think, is a good movie. And it's it. Saw 5 is even made better by Saw 4 because, like, all the events, how they play together. Saw 5 is really good. However, I don't think it works the other way. I don't think because Saw 5 is good, Saw 4 is good. I think Saw 4 is fucking terrible. Same. And... and the events of Soft war play into the fifth one and the fifth one ends up being really good because of the events of the fourth one but it doesn't change the fact that when i watched the fourth one it was a confusing garbled mess and it was horrible <laughs> and then for a year before the fifth one came out to make the series better again like if i was watching them as they were happening i would i would not have gone to the theaters to see the fifth one i'm right. like oh the fourth, fourth movie was terrible so this franchise is done And like, I would have been done. You know what I mean? Anyway, I think I got the premise out there. Saw 4 is very confusing. The way it all plays out is a garbled mess. Saw 5, I think, is good. And it recontextualizes the series up to that point. And, but I don't think how good 5 is forgives the sins of 4. And now Ant, not Ant. I don't know why I said Ant. Nick is going to go uh, defend it. Ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Already with the bullshit.
2: So one thing I
1: will say is that I think my opinion might be inherently biased because as far as like I think we all love Saul like very very much and I think uh me like I love Saul very much. I've watched all the movies a lot. I like always have really tried to pay attention to like know how all the lore connects in a very coherent way because it is in general that has been the biggest thing about Saul is that like coherently it has always been really inconsistent in that for like drawing a new audience and whatever. I think the biggest The biggest sin with four is that it definitely standalone as a movie, it is not very good because of the way it illustrates the timeline of what you're seeing on the screen. It's so hard to follow what's happening in actual real time. But I think the thing that makes four so good is that once you look back at four contextualized from five, and especially when you realize like the information and lessons that you learned from three or even two about This is more of like buying the John Kramer bullshit, but this is pretty much you're supposed to understand the story of like, he's like this very impartial savior tester guy who's just like, oh, you are a bad soul, but if you do this, you'll be cleansed, blah, 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 whatever. You're supposed to believe he truly believes in this cause. And when you find out at the end of Saul 4 that the third accomplice is uh, Detective Hoffman, um, and then you get the, the uh, contextual information from five about like how Hoffman, you know, pretty much rigged his own game and everything like that, and how Amanda and Hoffman were always doing like this like dodgy act of like manipulating games and not playing it to you know what John Kramer's vision was. The reason why four especially feels so unfair because you know all these people are getting tested that pretty much don't deserve it at all, and even rig rigs getting tested for pretty much like one being a good person and two kind of just doing his job yeah it's so that's just
0: so wild
1: that that's because simply put that is and this is where i'm saying buying into the bs to like fully like kind of get into the story that's because uh hoffman is corrupting jigsaw's vision of what the tests are he's taking the test to be like you aren't going to catch me Rig. I'm gonna put you in a trap and kill you.
2: That's all this is. So I agree with all that. Like, because once it gets revealed, you realize it's pretty cool. Where Hoffman is actually setting this up because you find out the other cop. I don't remember his name. There's another cop, another white cop. No, 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 no. The, there's another, another white cop. Oh, you're um, talking
1: about Peter Strom,
2: FBI yeah, agent Storm. Strom. There's, yep. there's a bunch of white people that look the same in this movie. That's um, not true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they
2: do, though. I'm Johnny
1: Cochran, bitch. I'm telling you, that's not true. That show. is true, though. <laughs> Strom <laughs> and it's, I will say, just lookalike. funny story, funny story for context. When we were watching the movie, it was so, fu- it was frustrating for me, but I was enjoying it. Like, legitimately, I know they weren't doing it on purpose, but legitimately, Frazier and Kenny, both, and Connie, and, and Connie, yeah, and Connie. Funny. They all confused Peter Strom, Strom and Detective Matthews, and not. Matthews. And Hoff- no, no, we, it was just Strom and there were some Matthews in there, but no. maybe more, more so. so we really and just Strom. thought
0: those two looked alike. Strom and Hoffman. Str- I think they're the same person. We didn't see them in the same room together. So I was like, well, you they're know. the same person.
2: <laughs> there were so many scenes where I was just confused. Cause I was like, wait, which one is like, which one am I watching right now? <laughs> they legitimately were hey. like that, but continue with your point, Kenny. But so, uh, strom realizes because strom ends up surviving like w- this trap that he's in where he's in a fucking glass box that's oh, filling God. up with water and he's going to drown and he gives himself a tracheotomy i think i said that c- word correctly you did where he stabs did. a pen into his uh throat and he creates like a little hole for himself to breathe and survive He realizes either at the end of this movie or in the next movie in Saw 5 that he was none of them were supposed to survive. It wasn't like a traditional Saw game. They were all supposed to die in order to leave. And he figures out Hoffman is the bad guy. And it's all set up. Hoffman set all of this up to kind of wipe the board and kill anybody that could catch
0: him um yeah
2: and that's where actually you kind really
0: of... well done too he gets rid of everybody everybody rigs yeah. the female detective um basically strom does get got to but he didn't expect him to live with the pen in his pocket that he apparently didn't check for uh but everybody was supposed to die he was supposed to be set up as a hero it was brilliant like it's actually fucking and, brilliant how it worked
2: and so with all that said i agree with what zango said i think but it takes Saw 5 to kind of put all of that in the context, and it makes it really cool. Cause, but while you're watching Saw 4... No,
0: you're just confused the entire time. It's
2: just confused the right. whole time. And then even when Saw 4 ends, it still doesn't feel satisfying. No, it I, feels like I, shit until you I watch totally the next movie. I agree with that.
1: The, the, main, the main way that I've always looked at it with 4 is that it makes the payoff of 5 that much better. Like, you can't yeah. have 5 as good as it is without 4. And we agree with
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, I would go as far as to say I think that four and five should have came out at the same time, or they should have been one three-hour movie because they're both an hour and a half anyway. I think that that should have been Saul's – at the time. No, this is no put it into context. This is 2000 and like seven or something. So the mm-hmm. three-hour movies are very foreign outside of Star Wars and Titanic. Um, so it's not a common thing for movies to be that long anyway. Nowadays we get we get three-hour movies all the time. Like I just watched um, Killers of the Flower Moon, a Martin Scorsese movie, and that shit was three hours and. 30 minutes, Oppenheimer was 3 hours and something, so it's like common now for movies to be over 3 hours because just that's the what the creative direction requires, right? Like, mm-hmm. you end the story when a is over, not just because, oh, we need to end this at an hour and 30, we need to end this at 2 hours I think Saw 4 is a victim of when it came out, because I think that if Saw were to come out today in 2023, Saw 4, 5 would have either came out very soon after, kind of how like Kill Bill 1 came out in the beginning of a year, and then Kill Bill Volume 2 came out at the second half of that year, because they felt like we don't want people to waiting years and years and years to see the conclusion of this story they kind of yeah. literally go one like after you watch one it kind of just goes right into two they flow yep, perfectly yep. into each other and four and five genuinely flow perfectly into each other almost like they were all shot at once and then they just chopped it in half as opposed to like you know yeah. shooting two individual yeah, projects and saying let's relate five to four it seemed like four and five were one long ass recording they had all the actors like we got you guys together let's just shoot these scenes let's just do everything now nothing changed between the way they look in four and five like they don't look any different everything yeah looks no exactly they the look same.
1: exactly the same so, so it, was like, it was definitely very shortly after that they started yeah, the recording w- of five for it sure.
2: would have been interesting if like when it came out right like you like they said that like all right saw four is coming out and you know it's a double feature and it's like six months from now saw like it's revealed yeah. like six months from now saw five is coming out and like you could buy like a pre-order ticket like you could go to the theater you buy your Saw 4 ticket and at the same time you buy your Saw 5 ticket for like 6 months from now and they set yeah. it up in a way where that way you know when Saw 4 ends if you're really confused you're like okay
0: it's going to yeah it's going to be explained
2: like, it's going to be clear but like if i so in context like like i said if i watched this movie when it came out there's no shot I would have went and seen <laughs> Saw 5, right? I wouldn't have waited. Yeah. I would have yeah. been like, this franchise. I think, the that's totally fair. I, I think
1: that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair because I I think, I, I think Fraser pretty much put it perfectly. I think, I think Saw 4 is a victim of its time where yeah. I feel like movie, I'll just say movie companies as a general, gen, general like, you know, group of people. Yeah, yeah. I think movie companies in general weren't like as willing to take bets on like, continuing on with the movie because like in the early 2000s it, it could have been very simple as like saw four was the end of it like they'd never make a saw after that right? it didn't
2: like, make any money and so they're like alright yeah, like that, up, yeah, yeah
1: let's let's it's, make ted ted one and two and three you know it's,
2: it's but, interesting because in the context that we're watching these movies we're hanging out on discord having fun watching them and we're gonna just go through them all for the fun of it some of them are gonna suck that's fine but it's funny because the reverse is true. We were doing this thing where we were only watched two movies a night, but we watched three and four. And I think me, Fraser, and Connie were so fucking unsatisfied with four. Yeah. We were like, "Are yep. we all good to watch the next one?" Because like, I, I need to see you, the next one. You
1: know what it was? I was I I was like I was like the the captain of the light of like the the raft. I was just like, guys, please five everyone there was so much clamoring i was like five five guys yeah. five five will fix it all i promise you five will fix it all i literally <laughs>
2: promise you five will fix it all i mean five was a lot better it does it doesn't fix four but it's a lot better yeah yeah, and
0: the other things that happened in four that um are really important is like Jill Tuck really gets truly introduced, and there's a lot of flashbacks about finding out that apparently Jigsaw and her were expecting a baby, and she had this clinic or whatever. Uh, that said, cherish your life. I think it was the like the slogan yeah. for that place, and yep. it was helping people who were recovering addicts i want to say it seemed like a lot Yeah, of... it was a
1: methadone clinic okay That's what there it was, you go. It was just weaning people yeah weaning people off of you know hard drugs and stuff like that
0: yes so in that clinic there were fights and stuff like that between some of the addicts and uh basically one of the addicts i think he gets disgruntled and he comes back one night to like steal or do something at the methadone clinic jill mm-hmm. tuck happens to try to stop him and he slams a door now, not really on purpose. He's trying to run away and escape, but he ends up slamming her against a wall by using the door to escape. And it smashes her baby bump. Like really- yeah, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's like eight months pregnant, by the way. Like the baby John is- John Kramer's away. kid. Yes, with Jigsaw's kid. He's already made cradles. He's made that little creepy doll- the billy doll or whatever that doll he is like a uh younger version of that doll um that he made which by the way i would never let somebody make that for my child that's coming into this world Yeah, like, that doll is
2: unhinged <laughs> can i also just say real quick that uh, even though this franchise has a bunch of brutal traps and deaths there's something about that scene that's so real that is like so brutal to me where the door hand like the door swings Ooh, open brutal, and the yeah. door handle slams into her pregnant like belly there's something so real about that scene that is just like really brutal and even i guess to I, me more brutal than some of the traps
1: yeah i think i think when i think when i when you see that scene like it definitely sucks the air like out of the room where oh, it's just like sure. oh shit oh, it's a shit. kid being, it's a
0: it's a baby being killed
1: and yeah, she starts no. bleeding you know she
0: starts and tripping. she starts
1: crying, like she she knows, like it's like one of those situations where it's just like you know someone could walk up to her and be like, oh no, she she already knows, yeah, like yeah. she doesn't, like it, it's already over,
0: yeah. And so like, obviously this is one of yeah. the things that's a catalyst for him becoming Jigsaw, right? Because this is a flashback, so this is before he ever started murdering people. Um, but, <laughs> like we're not going to it. What drink. do you mean testing people? Right? Yeah, like, right. So this is before that. What ends up happening <laughs> is the guy gets abducted from a festival later on so jigsaw sees this guy and abducts him at a festival because that guy's not going to just get away with that right like this recovering addict he's not going to just get away with killing jigsaw's child so he abducts him and he puts him into this device where he's seated and there are these knives that are in front of his face and they're kind of cascaded out like a fan they're fanned out and the way it works is the knives can be opened to release him if he uses his face to push forward and open the knives. So, like, you have to literally press your face against these sharp, and they're sharp as fuck. They're, like, out. They're, like, super sharp.
1: butcher knives. They're, yes. Like, video game sharpness like knives. Like, the ones that
0: chefs, like, real iron chefs use. The ones that, you when you watch cooking shows, and you're like, God damn, that knife is sharp. Like, they, they'll slice, yes. like, they'll saute or, like, slice open uh, a whole fish really quick, and they, you'll just notice, like, yo, that knife has to be sharp as fuck.
2: They have purple yes. sharpness.
0: They have purple sharp. Perfect. No one could have said it better. They have purple sharp. muscle my a reference. Um, so <laughs> the guy starts to press his face against the knives and obviously he starts bleeding immediately. That's how sharp they are. But he ends up doing it. Like he does the test. He gets through it. And then like Jigsaw's like, all right, like you're free or whatever. And then the guy, of course, he's not just like going to let Jigsaw go for that. He lunges at Jigsaw. And this is where Jigsaw becomes anime as fuck. He sidesteps the guy's lunge and the guy falls into a trap of barbed wire.
1: Yep. It's like, it's nope. like a, it's like a bed with no mattress, just covered in barbed wire.
0: Yeah, But you can't see it <laughs> until the guy lunges at Jigsaw and Jigsaw does this anime ass sidestep and this old man with cancer, like <laughs> stage four cancer, yeah. he does a sidestep and it's like, oh, I knew you were going to do that kind of thing. Cause that's, that's the whole premise of Jigsaw. Is that yeah, it's, he's like, it's his
2: like double trap, right? Yeah. Cause like he was in a trap and like, once again, traps are on, un- his traps are unwinnable. Like yeah. he knew, cause once again, uh, Stango, you said earlier, he's very, he is a very intelligent person, right? Yes. So he knew when this guy freed himself from this trap, right? Yep. yep. He wasn't going to just walk out of the room. Like John Kramer stood there and was like, and I think he him in the back if he did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He was like, come get me. Like, like, like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much what it was. (laughs) He was like, he was like, that's just like, look (laughs) at
0: I'm right here. Uh, oh God! <laughs>
1: but no, I, I. That's definitely the way they paint him in the movies in general. Is that like he's this very like omnip- omnipotent, like very all-knowing, like super yeah. highly calculates like all possibilities and stuff like that. So like you know, for anyone who says like, oh, like he could have walked away from that trap, you know, John Kramer didn't really intend for him to walk away from that trap. Not at he, all. He he, kinda, he, he he knew that he was going to try to get his lick back. <laughs>
2: He stood there. He waited for him. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah no, that was that was really interesting. But I do like the whole thing about, like, you know, what made... Because my question for every movie has always been, what the fuck made him like this, right? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. what was it that happened and, and movie four? One of the good things that did come out of movie four is that you get context on, like, you know, someone losing their unborn child that they were waiting for years and years to have. John is old, and he's is also he, expecting... He
1: timed it specifically to like a Chinese celestial moon or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but it was like the year of the pig or something. Like oh, he was like,
0: see, I do you that.
1: remember that? He said something about like Jill, no, like I kind of don't. like. She complained about it. She was just like, he's always she so was, meticulous. Like, everything,
2: yeah, everything is planned. She was saying like everything with him is planned. She, he even planned like when I would get pregnant to be like designed for me to have this baby at a certain time.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, so no. then he uses the pig to like, you know, abduct people and, and murder them. Yeah, so.
1: there, yeah there, there's a whole thing to it.
0: Oh, that's, that's really interesting. But I do, I do like seeing four for all of the confusion that's in it, seeing how this man became mad is like, I get it, right? Like, I can understand how someone who already is probably neurodivergent goes crazy after they're about to die from stage four cancer. So you already don't really have anything to... I won't say you don't have anything to live for because that's harsh. But like you know your life is coming to an end, right? You see, you yeah. see the end in front of you, which has to be harsh as hell to find out for any human to find out you have a certain amount of time to live. And he's harped on that in the older movies. Like one, two, and three. He's harped on people saying to him, you know, like, how much time do I have left? And they kind of give him these roundabout answers sometimes. And uh he's even tested those people for fucking just giving him the time that he has left. Like he just John is ridiculous but uh seeing how he got to this point makes a lot of sense not makes sense but I I get it like this could be a justification if somebody lost an unborn child that was like 8 months you know their their girlfriend is 8 months pregnant they're expecting to have this this kid and they did all these things in preparation of the kid like they had a whole room set up with all these toys movie, that he
1: made movie 4 and 5 is where I think Jigsaw has the transformation from like being like the mask Boogeyman, like Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, and like gets a more humanized like motivation yeah. behind what he does. Because
2: there's like a it's a three step process. One, it's the finding out he has cancer and there's not much life left, and so there's like he feels down and out. And I might get the events here a little out of order. Then there's I'm sorry, my fucking nose is clogged. Yeah, then there's be- his um. His wife getting pregnant and him having a kid and thinking like like oh, they'll be this kid to kind of go on after me and right. like my legacy. DNA or whatever right my legacy and then like this kid dies and then he has and then he gets in a car accident and then like he he has like I think he has like a piece of the car through his chest or something and like yeah. he ends up saving himself and seeing a new damn this is killing me a new <laughs> thing on life and so all these three events come together the cancer the car accident and the kid where. I think at first he's just testing the drug dealer like it's like, all right, the cancer puts him down of life and then the drug dealer takes like his kid away from him. So then like he wants to kill the drug dealer. But then after that, the car accident makes him realize that like if you're brought all the way to death and even though he knew he's going to die from the cancer anyway, he still fought for life. And that's what like then evolves his. um his mantra to like him putting people in these death situations in order for them to appreciate life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like what yeah. creates his whole mantra. Yeah, that's what creates
1: like his whole ideology and like pretty much the biggest motivation of why, why he does what he does. Cause he, he truly fervently believes that like people who are like corrupted in this way, that if they are, for the people that he views that don't appreciate their life, if they're put in a situation where it's like, okay, well, if you don't appreciate your life, it's either your life or not your life. Yeah. And they choose they choose their life. He truly believes that like they will no longer do bad things to themselves or be Well
2: you know what you he know, could do? <laughs> he could put them, he could put them in this exact same situation, but kind of rig it to where they feel like they saved their own life, but right. they're not actually in danger of dying, you know, to make them appreciate life, but they survive, yeah. and they go on, and they don't hey, actually go. Hold on, you're making
1: die. a little too much sense there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I like cut that.
0: Mute his mic. Mute his mic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Turn it off.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no. Movie five is definitely the best of these three that we watched. Three, four, and five. I like movie five the most. um The new director. I didn't know that until today, but you could definitely feel the tone and just like the writing of it seemed a lot better. Even though the director doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the writing per se, but just the way this movie went down is it feels different. uh This movie more
2: interesting the way it all comes together and plays out.
0: Yeah, and it pits Strom versus Hoffman. So basically, as we said. Hoffman set Strom up to die, as well as everybody else. Rigged the female detective who was chained up on the Rip thing, and everybody else who died in the previous movies who was on the police force and stuff like that. They've all died. So at this point, Hoffman looks like a fucking hometown hero. And Hoffman comes out when the police arrive to save him and everybody else, because he makes it look like he also was part of Jigsaw's game. Um, he's like, yeah, there's no survivors. And then they're like, oh no, there's one. And he turns around like, wait, what the fuck? I made sure that I there were no loose ends when I did everything right. Everybody should be dead in that bitch. And come to find out, Strom actually survived. So he's nervous like, yo, now I have to figure out how to deal with this guy because he's going to figure out real soon. I'm completely unscathed. And Strom literally says to him, how the fuck did you get out of that hole? He literally says thing? you
2: don't even have a scratch on you.
0: Yeah, because Hoffman's in mint condition. Yeah.
2: And I think Hoffman tries to say, like, you survived too. And he's like, I have a fucking hole in my neck. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, he, Strom is suspicious of Hoffman, obviously, because he realizes that—and no pun intended—the jig is up. Like you, you've been the person who's been helping with this shit all this whole time, um, and so he's trying to just prove it, of course, because that's what that's what detectives have to do. So he's looking for proof. He's snooping around, and at the same time, Hoffman is also setting up a lot of stuff to frame Strom to look like he's the jigsaw killer. So every time Hoffman gets in a little bit of hot water, his idea is to just frame the next guy to look like they're a jigsaw or jigsaw is accomplished. That's one, jigsaw's accomplished.
1: one, one thing I just want to back up on just because it pretty much plays directly into that. So like the main plot point that like Strom figures out is that, um, Hoffman's sister is murdered by a jigsaw victim. And essentially yeah. what happened was once that plot point is figured out by like Strom, where it's found out in the news that Hoffman's Hoffman's sister's murderer that's that's a relation game right there. <laughs> right.
0: So, half and sisters, she yeah, got yeah, murdered by her correct. boyfriend. And in the beginning of the movie, the guy who we were talking about with the pendulum trap. So there's that mm-hmm. big ass blade that's going back and forth. And he gets cut in half in the very opening. And as after he gets cut in half, he can like see somebody peeking through a door hole looking at this happen to him. And it's Hoffman the whole time. They don't show you it's Hoffman in the beginning. I don't think like that. You just know that no, watching you don't it. know
2: it's Hoffman at that time. No. Yeah.
0: But Strom finds out that the guy who was in that trap happened to be the guy who murdered Hoffman's sister. So then yep. Strom is like, oh, shit. You killed the guy who murdered your sister. Like you used the jigsaw thing as a way to kind of like do your bidding without it looking like because he basically was trying to frame or pin it on jigsaw. Like jigsaw's already killing a bunch of people. Why yeah, don't was, I or, just add one more to it? Which and is, no is interesting.
2: Watch. It's an interesting plot idea, honestly. Yeah, then, yeah. Like yeah. on top of that, it's you know we find like that trap was unwinnable because we see when the guy has the pendulum cutting into him, he solves the game. Like he crushes his hands, yeah. and it's supposed to make it so he can go free, but then it just doesn't, like, he doesn't get free. It's just, like, the ribcage trap, and then he just dies.
0: Yeah, just murder, and it's it's designed to look like, oh, this is the Jigsaw trap, so no one ever would suspect him for murdering this guy. Uh, So that is a really big plot point, like Stango said, and I love that they do kind of link it to how the Strom even really start to know that it's Hoffman. The other thing that's really cool, though, is this movie is Hoffman's training arc with Jigsaw. So they show a flashback of Hoffman getting on an elevator and everybody gets off except Jigsaw. Like Jigsaw, and this is clearly like a while ago because he looks a little different, but he's standing there in the back of the elevator and and, uh, Hoffman walks on. And then as the door closes, it seems like they're just going to have a regular elevator ride, or maybe they might even have a conversation. But Jigsaw just, of course, stabs John Kramer. Like he's not even with the pig mask or anything. He's just standing as his regular self. He stabs him, drugs him. And then when Hoffman wakes up, he's like, wake up by the way, your traps are inferior to mine. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's like one of the first things he says to him because he wants him to know, I know exactly who you are. Like, I know what you've been doing. I've been following you. And I'm aware that you've been using me as a alibi to like cover your tracks of what you've been doing. You've been murdering people and using basically the the jigsaw um, plot device uh, to, to save yourself. So he tells him that. And then he says, I want you to look in this mirror. Tell me what you see. And he is all this like, Basically, it's a training arc for Hoffman. That's essentially what's happening. And it's it's really dope. It's actually really cool. Um, they show how they go together, just like set up various things. Uh, what yep. was one of the ones that they I think it was like the bathtub thing? And there was. A couple yeah, they ones. set up
1: the bathtub and the rack. They Hoffman actually sets up the rack um, with the kid that uh, ran over Jeff's kid. Okay. Um. Another another just key point that I would kind of point out is that like the dynamic of like. Hoffman and Jigsaw's relationship isn't kind of like Amanda's like Amanda's like fully like all in on yeah, like she's in love with him. Yeah. But Jigsaw pretty much blackmails Hoffman. He pretty much says like, right. I know who you are and I'll your job it. is to bring me in. But if you, if you do any, if you do anything like that, I will expose that. Like you killed murder Baxter. Yep. Yeah. Like, so you work for me now and you're going to, you're going to help me essentially. Um, But yeah, no, he helps out with like pretty much all the traps that you can think of, like of all the previous things, pretty much around the time that like they were saying that, oh, Jigsaw was bedridden and everything like that. Like he can't possibly um, this guy set all these traps up. Yeah, because he's a big, burly, strong man, Mr. Hoffman.
2: And I just want to say this is also related to Saw 5, but I've been thinking about it since we started talking about it and I haven't said anything yet. And I wasn't going to say anything. Wasn't Frazier got to get horny over detective rig so i just want to say <laughs> that megan good is in this movie she and is. my god she, uh, she is, is Get your bro- off, my, literally my entire fucking life the first time i ever saw her was in cousin skeeter and, and <laughs> when, I was a young, when i was a young young man she was in cousin skeeter and then i think she's in a movie called like biker boys i think is what it's called um which i'm i don't know i'm pretty sure this movie called biker don't
0: the thing with nick cannon is that her
2: uh she might be. I don't remember. She okay. might be. But where I remember her the most is like seeing her and cousin Skeeter and me being like, I don't know, 10 or something and being like, oh, man, like I had having a crush on her. Yeah. And then her getting older and myself getting older. And then she's in the movie Biker Boys and she is bad as fuck in that movie. And then I've never seen her. from. From there, every movie I've ever seen her in, I just, like, I've had an e- eternal crush on Megan Good. And so, watching Saw 5, I was like, oh, shit, Megan Good's in this movie. Like, no matter what, this movie's better than than the other. Like, That's Megan true. <laughs> you can, tell the, budget, you I
0: can mean, tell the budget on Saw, like, quadrupled or whatever, because the first movie has literally one of the writers in it as an actor, and he's terrible at it. Um, but, you know, the first movie's iconic because it's the beginning of the series, mm-hmm. and They had no real budget, so it's all shot in the same place and all that stuff. By movie five, they have fucking Megan Good in the movie.
2: Yeah, they they have Megan Great in the movie. And the other actors
0: are also people who I've seen in other things, by the way. I just don't know their names. They're not as big as Megan Good. But the The one girl... Okay, go ahead. The one girl.
2: They got Rita from Dexter. The one girl is Rita from Dexter. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh in a big... Big show.
0: The one guy who's a drug addict and he burned down the uh, building or whatever. That had eight people in it that he didn't know about or whatever. Um, he also, I recognize him from something. I just can't remember what show it's from, but that guy, he
1: he looks like popular. I I don't know what he's from either, but I've definitely seen him before. He's
0: driving me crazy that I can't place him. Um, but he's in a show that I used to watch, or a movie, or something. I think it's a show though. Something that's like long-standing. I've seen his face a lot. I just can't remember. But he's in this movie as well. So the acting has gotten better in terms of just like the quality of actors. What were you gonna say, Stinger? Oh
1: uh, no, I was just gonna say like since you even brought up the trap, like a very simple way to sum it up. Essentially, Jigsaw a.k.a. Hoffman just pretty much just says
0: the new Jigsaw. Yeah. The
1: moral: The moral of this trap is like you're all connected, and yeah. like you guys are always out for yourselves. But I implore you not to listen to your inner voice. Like yeah. work, he pretty much tells them in a very non-specific way. Work as a team, and essentially what they did, in some you know loosely connected way, they all were responsible for burning down a building and killing a bunch of people and selling a house
2: and real estate and all that. And getting bullshit. money, they, they, yeah. They, it's, yeah, This trap is interesting because I think there's five people, five or six people. There's and five people, the, exactly. The way it's designed is that you could solve each trap in one of two ways. One way you could just work together and then like you solve it and you all go on to the next one. And each trap is designed where if you work together, it's actually really fucking easy, but you can also solve the trap by sacrificing somebody and And someone dies in each trap. And then as you go on and on, they realize that like, when they get to the last trap, they essentially like the the cat's out of the bag and it's revealed that like they could have survived all of this by working together with each fucking trap. And yeah. each trap was no one had to die.
0: So I want to quickly go through each trap, just like say what they are. Um, and then we can just talk about this because I actually love this movie is so good. It's um, real, so good. I really, really love the traps. I think that whoever wrote this, I, I said it while we were watching. I said whoever wrote this one did a really good job to set up traps that were meant to be done as a collective mm-hmm. but They're also able to be done... By you guys just catering to natural human instincts of me against everybody yep. or just survival of the fittest type of vibes. So the first one is they wake up, they all have these collars on, and there's these boxes that are far away from them that they would have to run to and inside the boxes are keys. There are five of them lined up, they're all chained, and the tape says, you know, in the box in front of you, the key to your freedom lies in front of you. Um, your instincts are going to tell you to do one thing, but I implore you to do the opposite. Yep. So at first, nobody moves forward to get the key. They all just kind of like talk and they're like, what? who are you? Who are you? They're trying to figure out who's like, who are these people? Why do we all, what do we have in common? Cause he said that we know each other, that we all have something in common, but I don't know any of you fucks anyway. Um, eventually one person gets impatient and they decide to march forward and go to get their key. And that starts the actual game. When they march forward, the, the rest of them realize that it kind of works where if somebody goes forward, another person gets pulled back.
1: It's like a yep. pulley. They're all connected on the same line. Yes. So, so whoever walks forward, they, they get pulled back and the blades can like cut their head off if they're not careful. Yes.
0: So behind them is a very sharp blade that will decapitate them. And in front of them is a key that will release them. Um. So there's five boxes, five keys, and then behind them is just a blade that'll cut your head off. Uh. So when they all start running forward, basically it means that one person can run forward, grab their key, smash the thing open, and then unlock themselves. Then the next person's going to run forward and do it. And eventually it gets to a point where they run out of time. One girl doesn't get to get hers. She gets yanked back and decapitated, but that one's trick was like, if you guys just use the same key, you could pass. It was it down all the, the same line. key. It's all the same key. You could just pass the key down a line, and you would all be safe and just walk out that room. The go ahead. Did you want to say? Did you want to elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, I, I was just saying. Uh, I did like the um, the writing dynamic of um, the one character, the Rita from Dexter. I don't know what her name was in the movie at all. Yeah, but me neither. It doesn't. I, I liked, Megan good. Liked, was liked, Megan good. Whatever her real, whatever her movie name <laughs> Megan, was, was, like. Uh, I liked her dynamic in the movie because it was like kind of like the first group trap where they're all kind of grouped together and their survival is dependent on each other but I like that one character's like mentality like she was very level headed like even in the most stressful situation like after the trap was said and done and even the girl got decapitated she went over to the unused boxes and like broke the glass and oh, collected all yes. the keys from everybody yeah like she was playing He's like, what are you doing the game.
0: He, she was like being smart
1: yeah, yep. I, exactly I, I, I really just liked that. I thought yeah. it was like, I, I'll, I'll I thought I'll it was saying, very I'm grounded. It it, yeah, I, I think it was very grounded the way they, they did that. Because I feel like there would definitely be a person in the pack and like five people that would be like,
0: it, wow, why are we connecting these keys? Especially at this For, point, because the Jigsaw murderer is known. It's not like oh, he, he's famous. He's, he's yeah, world yeah. famous. Yeah. Correct. So I makes think sense. literally
1: when they wake up, they literally like say like, that's what they're in. Like when they wake yeah. up, they're like, oh, it, we're this is Jigsaw. Like, yeah. this is where we are.
0: Um, so the second room. So they get is so- this the tunnels? So the, yes. so the next room is four of them survived right so it was five of them now it's four of them they get into this room and there are these glass jars above them and in the glass jars are keys but you don't know which jars have them so you have to smash the jar kind of like pinatas but it's glass you have to <laughs> smash the jars it's fucking jigsaw it's ridiculous you have to smash the <laughs> glass bottles above you um, have the glass fall all over you and potentially blind you and shit and then you have to dig for keys to unlock these tunnels and if you don't do it in time and get inside of the tunnel the room is going to essentially incinerate you um it there's an explosion that's going to go off and it'll kill you if you don't get inside one of the little tunnels so they all start doing it they all start smashing the glasses and trying to hurry up and find a key a couple people do find a key they get inside their tunnels and the one guy who has glasses and he's a journalist for the Herald. He's really pretentious in the first two games, like in the first game and in this game, he's just talking crazy to them, like really condescending the entire time, being obnoxious, which is probably not what you're supposed to do at this time when people's lives are on the line and there's like a group of them. Uh, But he's being very condescending the entire movie from the time he woke up to the time they get to this trap
1: he's also really holding over that. Like he knows pretty much everything about them. Yeah. Yeah, Like he knows everything about them, but he's not really devolving that info, which like, if I'm being honest, if I was in his position, I wouldn't either. Cause it's like, you're in a group of five of like people, like you maybe can't trust and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I, I wouldn't devolve the, I wouldn't, divulge in, it yeah. in, the information yeah. yeah i knew what that word wasn't being said correctly i kept saying but devolve how, and
1: i was just rolling that's with how it.
2: stango said it and <laughs> so it made it no, so I'm hard here. for me to say it i was like because i go to say it and i'm like that word's not <laughs> correct it's like, just not the word but anyway divulge. divulge i wouldn't divulge the information either however i also wouldn't look like a, i wouldn't act like a massive fucking prick right and just like <laughs> he would be, be a prick to everybody prick
0: yeah
1: yeah he
2: just put a target on his back and that's exactly what happened
0: yeah (laughs) so he does that trap is funny
2: though because the the tunnels are so obviously big enough like bitch i'm getting in one of these tunnels
0: yeah so that was the way they survive it basically it ends up happening where he attacks the one guy um when they're all fighting for keys he attacks the one guy and like tries to leave him for dead and right before he's about to get into a tunnel the a girl comes up and just like murders him and you're yeah. like why'd you do that or whatever it's like you know i didn't fucking oh no i think she says i don't trust him or something like that but i think that might be megan good at the same time that gets that happened to them after but one of them kills him and they all go into their own separate tunnels so now there's three of them right they all go into their own separate tunnels and when they get out i was looking at this like yo i feel like those are big enough to fit two people but i wasn't 100 sure this is my first time when i was first watching the movie back in like 2008 yeah yeah same I was like, I feel like those were big enough for most people to go inside of one. But maybe, I, I was also thinking like this. If you do that, what if Jigsaw considers that to be like cheating or something? And then he kills you because if two people go inside, it was set up in a way where there's a max weight. And that tunnel will now, like, fucking kill you if you go in it and it's, like, too much weight in it because he knows Yeah, it. yeah, some everyone like that. Yeah, every, like, if it reaches 300 pounds, like, two people will equal over 300. <laughs>
1: Frazier's just, like, traumatized by Jigsaw bullshit. He's just, like... Nah, there's like, no way. Like, if somebody
0: ran get... into my tunnel while I'm in it, I would be very mad. Is what I'm saying. I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah. If somebody, if I'm in my tunnel, right, and you and Stango, you ran into my tunnel, I would be pissed because I would feel like we just broke the rules, and now we're both going to die. Like, I'd be like I can literally
1: imagine Frazier's like expression. He would be so goddamn. I will probably start like, kicking that... at you, to
0: be honest. Like, I might yeah. start kicking at you. Like, no, Stango, get your fucking old tunnel, bro. No, get the fuck out. <laughs> sure true. <laughs> <laughs> crazy you heard the rules because i would just think that like you're breaking the rules and jigsaw does have like this whole thing about rules too so in my head i would be like okay this is breaking the rules we're supposed to all get our own tunnel you're cheating like you're trying to cheat the game but the whole point of this one was to kind of cheat the game and do the opposite of what your instincts tell you to do i implore you so yeah. um yeah that guy gets murdered they all get their own separate tunnel they get out they go into the next room the third the third room with the three of them is uh, a tub in the middle and they have to connect themselves to like jumper cables and <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> there's like fucking jumper cables and a tub of blood in the middle. And so they're like, yo, one of us has to basically get electrocuted to open a door. And that's kind of how the tape reads. It's like you have to get somebody has to get electrocuted. And once it gets to a certain point, the door will open. Um, but if they had all five people, this would have just been a light, you know, shock to each of them individually. But because there's only three of them, they realize like, oh, fuck you know, someone is going to have to die for this. So yeah, first, someone
1: literally like th- there's too much electricity going on. They like Jigsaw has like, like mini like power grids, like in this room, like there's too much fucking electricity going, going on in this damn room. Um, But yeah, yeah pretty much uh, Kenny's favorite Megan. Good. She gets got.
0: <laughs> yes. So Meg, yeah, Megan good essentially is set up where the guy who's a drug addict, he volunteers as tribute. Almost. Um, to be the guy to get electrocuted so that they can go forward. And right before he actually gets to go through with it, the, one of the chicks murders Megan Good, stabs her in the neck, and is like, why'd you do that? He's like, oh, I didn't trust her. Some shit, he, she says. And then throws her body into the tub, and then they connect the jumper cables to her body, and she starts getting genuinely fucking cooked and electrocuted. until She, the she starts
1: did. smoking and sparking and exploding, yeah. pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's actually really um, crazy. Um, Then after that, they go into I believe what's just what is considered the last room. And yeah, it's the last
1: room and there's five saw blades with like openings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's these five saw blades and basically the goal of this one is to fill up this this jar. With blood, and you have to put your hand inside of this uh, glass opening that has an actual buzzsaw going off, like the buzzsaw is going crazy, and you have to insert your hand in and have the like your hand from the middle, so in between your ring finger and your middle finger, you have to put your hand in there and let your in between your ring finger, and middle finger get sliced open and cut in half until you bleed enough blood into this uh, jar, and all of you are supposed to do this so that that way it fills up with enough blood for you guys to open the door. Well, there's only two of them left. And they realize really quickly, oh shit, one person is going to die filling that thing up. There's no fucking way that we can do this in a way that won't like kill someone because there's only two of us and a lot of blood has to go into this jar. If there were five of them, they would all get obviously injured and cut, but the amount that they would, um, the amount of blood they would lose and the amount of damage they would actually take to their physical bodies would be much, much, much less. And they would survive pr- pretty much intact from that. Like they would, at this point they would have been shocked. They would have been, uh, cut. And they would have been fine, right? Like that would have been the extent of everything that happened. But of course they do the most. And because people are dead, there's only two of them. They have to fill it up regardless to survive. So when they go to do it, it's like, yeah, somebody's going to die here. And what is, is there like a thing that ends up happening where um, I think that the guy does it? Does the girl end up doing it too?
1: Yeah, so pretty much what happens, uh, like the main thing, this is the point in the movie where um, Rita from Dexter, that's just what I'm going to call her, Rita from Dexter pretty much puts it all together. Once once she sees the room and the uh, the crackhead dude, he's pretty much just like, why is there five holes, though? There's only supposed to be two. Right. And she looks at the keys from the first room. All the keys are literally the same shape. And she starts putting it all together. She's just like, we all could have survived if we just worked together. That's what the tape said. We did. We followed our instincts of you know our self preservation instead of working as a team to keep each other alive. Um, and then finally, it gets broken down, like what their link is, and like what's the thing that all bonds them together. And eventually, you know, they start doing like a spat of like, "Well, you're worse than me. You burnt down the building. Well, you're worse than me. You railroaded the construction and money of this." And they're just like, "Well, fuck it. We're both here, and if we don't do it, we'll die." Yeah. Uh, so they put both of their hands in there. Um, they pretty much completely like if you were to look at your arm, pretty much most people's forearm. If you look at where your forearm is, they pretty much buzzsaw exactly to the middle of their forearm from the from the webbing of their fingers to the middle of their forearm.
0: Yeah, it's it goes also all the way down there an injury that you couldn't survive either. No,
1: it's not. It's too too much blood loss because I I don't know what the exact amount of blood he said in the movie, but pretty much it would have been like a cakewalk between five people divvied up. It was like five liters or 10 liters, whatever it was, of blood. It would have been totally fine between five different people. But the only way they were going to get that amount of blood is literally they sold that amount. And after the trap, they do it. They win. The crackhead dude, he literally lifts up his arm to the camera and it splits like a... Split in half. It splits like a banana split. <laughs> Just like it's it's a really gory scene. It's like kind of awesome. And um
2: <laughs> did we talk about the fact that Fraser's not doing the trap at all? Even if they all survived.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what yeah. When
2: we were talking about the movies, like, yeah, I'm not doing the trap. Like I don't care if they're Like, even, even if we're all people. even if all five of us that he's gonna he was like, I'm gonna take my hand, I'm like, ah!
0: ah!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it hurts so bad. And then like yeah. You know when it was done, like, you know, fuck it.
1: Yeah, he, he was gonna walk out unscathed with no with no buzz-sawed hand. Um,
0: and yeah, that pretty much... You can't slit your wrist, so, you, you know, if you take... So, <laughs> this is where
1: Fraser comes, he's like, this is why I'm not doing it. So,
0: like, okay, so people want to slit their wrists or whatever, um, but you can like, slice your wrist. This is what most people think they're supposed to do when you want slit, to slit your wrist to you know, unalive yourself, or whatever. Like, they do this horizontal cut, but if you really want to do it, you're supposed to do it vertical. And the way they saw themselves down their forearm is vertical like they cut themselves from here like from the top of the webbing all the way down until the point where they get like literally to the elbow uh you would just die from that anyway there's no way to survive that so this this trap is a farce with um two people from the gate unless one of you is just going to fill it up right and that means you have to kill the other person so fight to the death and then fill it up with blood uh if there were five of us though as soon as i see the souls come on and they're like i'll put your hand in I'm just not doing it. And that's fine because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get jumped and they're going to kill me and I'm going to open the door. Right. Like I'm going to be the blood that opens the door. And honestly, if that's how it has to end, so be it. But I just know mentally there are things that I cannot do. Like there are a lot of these traps <laughs> when I watch Saul. Maybe this is like why I love Saul so much. I like seeing things that I know I can't do and just like imagine myself in a situation, but never have to actually go through with the situation. Yeah. myself.
2: Yeah. I would love we talked about this. I don't remember which movie it was. Maybe it was five but i lo- i would love the situation where somehow we end up in this trap but it's like me and Frazier, right cuz if you're there with like one of your homies it's done like you guys are teaming up for everything and like they're all fucked cuz they're all doing 1v1v1v1 v1, v1, and we're doing like 2v1v1v1 v1, you know what i mean yep. and uh it's done like if we got to that last one i'm i'm with Frazier in that if it was me him and nobody we knew then like they're getting jumped like somebody else is going <laughs> down like <laughs> listen we're not putting an arm in there we're putting a goddamn foot in there like a foot's going
1: to bleed nice and heavy for us yeah like <laughs> um it. so after that trap pretty much concludes that actually segues to kind of like the the end game of the movie and essentially everything that's kind of happened there's been like this lot of cat and mouse between Hoffman and Strom where mm-hmm. Strom kind of unknowingly is not really aware that Hoffman is kind of like onto him that he's onto him. So he's kind of orchestrating this big, like probable lie and like framing of Strom to his like FBI, like leader, I guess you could say Um, Peterson, I think is his name. And he pretty much like orchestrates like phone calls from like weird locations and like calls Peterson directly. And is like, Oh, well, you know, Strom had an interesting theory. He was like, Someone with law enforcement background and blah, 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 blah. And like, he was kind of filling this guy's head with ideas. Um, And I don't know. Oh, I remember now. Um, You kind of learned this in six, but, you know, it's kind of a spoiler for, you know, I haven't seen six yet. Oh Well, I guess I can't say that yet. That's right.
0: Yeah. Don't fucking start talking about six. What's wrong with you?
1: Oh, so sorry, sorry. I can't say I can't say
2: that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you relax, and la- I'm taking over. Okay, this is what happens at the end of them the, throughout the whole movie. Uh, they're playing cat and mouse. Strom and Hoffman. I don't know two white guys that look dis- as far as I know. It's like a guy jerking off. He's playing himself. Yeah. Um, and they're going through the whole thing though, and Strom is chasing him, and Hoffman is setting up. He knows he's getting chased, and he sets it up to frame Strom as Jigsaw. And then it gets to the end. The trap finishes. Uh, the old man like commissioner like finds it and he's like oh my god strom what did you do and like he fully thinks it's strom and get to the end this guy strom gets into this room where there's this iconic black not black glass box coffin and there's a tape in it and basically it says like if you want to survive this room you just got to like get in this in this glass box he thinks it's a trap uh which in a way it is it's like a reverse uno and then Hoffman comes in. They get into a tussle. He throws Hoffman into the glass box. Like, haha, I got you. And then the rest of the tape plays, and it gets revealed that like he's going to die in this room. He's going to get crushed, and that glass box was the only way to survive the room. And he could have survived, but he doesn't. And it's just really cool, iconic end twist uh, of a thing. And then like that kind of closes out the Saw Five movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, if like we we talked about like the Saw theme, like at the end of the movie, how it like it just it's the perfect melody for like the, the, the classical like Saul wrap up session. But like that one in particular, it, it just hits the beat right when it needs it. And Mm -hmm. it's just like something about Hoffman. Also, I guess this is a good time because I wanted to do it in the beginning of Saul, Saul five, but I guess the end is good enough. This is the Hoffman jerk off session. Cause God, Damn, I love me some Hoffman. Hoffman is the fucking the ending, man. The
0: ending of Saw 4 is one of my favorites where he stands up off the electrocution chair after the other guy, get Matthews, gets killed by the ice blocks and he says, game over. I love his game over the very first time, the fourth movie. Wasn't expecting it either when I was watching it. Um, and then the fifth movie has by far my favorite ending of every Saw. I've seen all 10 or 9. Um, and out <laughs> of all of the Saw movies, number five has the best ending to me where Strom finally catches up with him. He beats his ass, he beats Hoffman's ass, but I really think that Hoffman just like allowed it to happen, obviously because he knows the real deal. So, a couple things: the tape that plays in the very beginning of Saw Five is talking about how if you don't uh, get inside this casket thing, this glass box, this place will, this room will be your tomb is what it Mm -hmm. says so that's that that we hear that tape in the very beginning of the movie Strom works his way throughout this whole maze he eventually finds hoffman he beats hoffman's ass shoves him into the glass box closes the door he's like ha i got you i fucking got you and then hoffman the scene switches off of Hoffman for a second then when it comes back hoffman who has a bloody nose from getting sucker punched and shit he's inside the glass case and the door behind him closes so now the room is completely closed And the guy, Strom, who's outside of the glass box in the room, he's looking at him like, what the fuck is going on? And then Hoffman points down like he does a little smirk and he points down at the tape.
1: It's so it's so funny because he plays it up perfectly to the very end where he got beat up. He's in the cage. He looks all flustered like, oh, I'm also beat up. Oh, you got he's like tapping the box he's like oh you got me in the box get me out of the box and then like as soon as the door closes like frazier says like the tone shifts right away like he's no longer like all beat up and like yeah. defeated. he's like he gets all serious and, and just like, like a smirk yeah he just like goes points at the tape and the tape continues just, yeah, he's like,
0: lightly smiling at him you would say he's yeah. smiling Connor, right kenny
1: oh yeah 100 yeah and like he's looking like this smirk pretty much the tape just like goes on and says like you know, if you don't heed my warning, your body will never be found.
0: Yeah, like, oh, he just so starts—he just
1: starts talking
0: shit. Yeah, on the it's team. like wrestling. he just starts going the fuck in. <laughs> it's literally like a wrestling match, like to talk the most shit you've ever talked in your life. But he does tell him, if you don't heed my warning, this—you know—your th- body will never be found. This room will be your tomb. He starts rhyming and shit, and my it's legacy insane.
1: will be yours.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, that's so good because he's framing—he's framing, he's framing it too. So then, <laughs> and this is another one that fucks with me so bad i watch this every time because i love just the ending of it the plot twist but again the idea of knowing that your death is imminent bothers the fuck out of me so as as hoffman's uh glass box is lowering down strom afraid for his life now because the walls of the room are literally starting to come inward as though they're going to smash him so as the glass box is going backwards uh, strom has a gun so he starts firing on the actual glass box that Hoffman is out of, and the bullets start to ricochet because it's actually bulletproof. Um, he starts to try to kick it and stop it and do all kinds of wild shit, and the box is just lowering slowly and slowly into the ground to a safety place, while at the same time, the room itself, literally all of the walls are coming inward, and they're going to crush this guy. It gets to a point where like Hoffman is completely lowered below the ground now. And Strom is in a room, and the walls are so close that he puts both his hands on each wall and starts to do that thing where, like, you climb up the wall. I used to do this as a kid. I used to do it in my backyard because um, my neighbors when you were living in a row home, your neighbor's backyard is connected to your backyard. And whenever I wanted to go over their side, they taught me this trick because they were like monkeys. They taught me this trick where you could like put your hands on both sides of the wall and just like start jumping upward. And you'll mm-hmm. eventually get high enough to where you can just like traverse the wall. When he starts doing that to try to get to the top of it. And there's like a cage at the top. He starts like yanking on the cage and shit. He's doing everything he can to try to get free because the walls are going to crush him. And eventually they get close enough to where his elbows get fucking... Broken in because they there's no room for them to go right, and he has them kind of um he has them horizontal, when really he needed to like kind of if he wanted to have more time he needed to like flatten his body. But at that point he's already dead. Like you could even be yeah, pancake. He's or you done. Can, you, he's you cooked. Know. Yeah, he's cooked. But his arms are um still horizontal to the walls. They're perpendicular to the walls, and they get crushed. So you start to see his body get crushed. And Hoffman is smiling, looking up at him because Hoffman's he's got courtside
1: him. seats. Yes. He's got courtside seats to the to the smushing. And this it's, guy's it's...
0: blood. <laughs> Is like raining down on Hoffman's glass box. It's amazing. Okay, it's, it's also insane. designed like a coffin. So obviously the guy who could have gotten into it, Strom could have gotten into it. When you look at it, I'm not going to say that I would exactly get into that either, right? Like look at that. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. It yeah. It's like,
1: also covered in glass. Like yeah. it's like a a coffin cover, like a a coffin literally riddled with glass. It doesn't look like something you want to lay in.
0: Something I just no. thought of too. Um, the Wait, beginning. Was not tape- glass?
1: For some reason, I thought it was ice.
2: Yeah, it's it's glass. It's it's glass.
0: It's actual glass. Yeah.
2: It does look like, I know what you mean, but it is I thought it was ice. I thought, so until right now, I thought it was ice, and the idea of it (laughs) being ice was like, I don't know, help preserve your body or some shit. (laughs) I legit (laughs) thought it was ice. I love that so much. So
0: you know what I just thought of as we were talking about this, and I think it's really cool, is that the very first tape for the five people in this movie who are kind of just like, you know, their part is great. I like the writing and everything based around how their traps are done, but at the end of the day the big part of Strom versus Hoffman, that's like the real key of the movie. Yep. And that first tape that they play for the five people is like, your instincts will tell you one thing, but I implore you to do the opposite. That yeah, yeah, is yeah. true for Strom at the end of the movie true, as yeah. well. And I think that's actually yep. fantastic that the way it begins is the way it ends. Because that's not the tape that he ends up hearing. Like, Strom doesn't hear that tape talking about like, your yep. instincts will implore you to do one thing. Or your instincts will tell you to do one thing, I implore my, you to do the opposite.
2: It's a
1: very well-written movie all things
2: considered.
1: My, my favorite things about their last engagement is like, to fanboy Moyer on Hoffman. Like I love me some John Kramer on the, on the tapes. Like he always has, he always has that really cryptic, like gravelly voice Hoffman on the tapes with the distortion. Yeah. Oh, Hoffman on the tapes. It's butter to my ears. It's so goddamn surreal to listen to. I
0: used to always think that no one could really replace jigsaw in terms of just the tapes and stuff like that, which is why they keep bringing Tobin bell back every single movie. Literally all 10 of them have a minute or nine of them. But my, my whole thing is like, Hoffman does a really fucking good job.
2: He does. Oh,
0: picking up the mantle in place of jigsaw when it comes to the tapes and everything like he does. His voice sounds amazing on them. I agree. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um. And uh, the last thing about their engagement, like pretty much right up until he starts, like st- starts doing evasive maneuvers to like climb the walls or figure out a way to get out. Like, I love that Strom. he's so headstrong in like being right about finding out who really is Jigsaw now. Like he pretty much puts it all aside where he's like looking at the box, he's like, I know who you are. I yeah, know yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. such a well-acted scene where it's like it's like, dude, the walls are caving, you're about to yeah, die. But he's, he's like, like, like I don't give no a fuck. fuck. I know who you are. Yeah. I yeah, know.
2: Yeah. It's pretty crazy man. It's it's so it's awesome. good. Man. I mean these these movies are cool. I definitely like Five a lot. Um I think we covered most yeah, of yeah, I mean well, that's, that's it. pretty that's, much it.
0: Those are the three movies right there. We're going
2: to we're so now that we did cuz we've actually won it there was a day that we had that we were going to watch Saul six. And now we finally can, because I was, we needed to get, we yeah. needed to catch up. Yeah. We needed to cover. We needed to cover the, the ones we already watched, but now I'm excited because I do want to watch Saul six. I want to, you know, I want to see where it goes from here. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So thank you guys so much for um, listening to this episode of the podcast. Even if you're not a big Saul fan, we appreciate if you made it this far into this. I know we've been ranting about Saul for months Now we have two podcasts on this now, but there will be at least two more to cover like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys yeah. again, and if you like Saul, then you probably enjoy these episodes, so there's that. And to everyone on our Patreon, special thanks to you uh, going into the new year, we really appreciate everybody. We're still doing more of our tournaments, the I Am Their Podcast tournaments, we have the Online Locals, we have another one coming up that just got basically uh, set up today, not fully, but we're we're in our beginning process. Um, so, Duelist Alliance, Necrol's format, right? Uh, there's a guy who wants to run a tournament. He wants to basically sponsor the prize pool for it. So he's putting up $175 for the prize pool for a Necroz format tournament. This is the June, 2015 tournament. So basically nationals, I think is like the time period nationals of 2015, whatever format that is. So Shadal's, Cleeford, Necros, and Burning Abyss are all like really big decks. There might be other stuff, but those are the ones I can think off the top of my head. Uh, but he wants to do a tournament for that. And I said, sure, I will host it. I will host the tournament, and uh, yeah, we will stream it and everything. So we're just checking to make sure that people want to actually play in it. So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely you know check out the Discord to get all the details about it when we formally announce the date i kind of want to do this one soon though because next month for me is going to be a lot i'm going to vegas for a while and there's also just like other stuff happening in uh february i oh, know i uh,
2: should go to vegas i don't know if i knew that or not i don't remember i probably I did
0: i don't know if i told you that i was going to vegas but I, i'm going to vegas on um, february 22nd to the 26th so there's a ycs and there's also just like vegas i'm going for five days but uh cool. yeah so with that being said i'm i want to do it I'm thinking about having this tournament. I don't want to do it like this weekend because at first I was like, well, I have a three-day weekend because of Martin Luther King Day is Monday. I was going to do it this weekend, but I'd rather give you time, you guys more time to like, if you want to plan it, I want you to have time to test it and stuff like that. Uh, so maybe next Saturday, the 20th will be more ideal to run this tournament. So I'm still thinking about the date. It could be the 27th. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I do want to do this one. So yeah. Anyways, without further ado, though, I want to give a shout out to everybody at our party member or higher tier. As always, you guys are super appreciated. We have Connie, the cult of Volvi, uh, Leon, the little spaceship that could... Xavier Hylian, Dimitri Barnes, Father Multiverse, Dom the Goat, Giovanni Avalos, Alex Flamer, Henri Reynolds, Dan Vrabel, First to Home, Mitchell Naus, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, KJ, Roz Weiss, the guy who stays 10 minutes after 4, Sarah Maria, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Kyle Botelho, Guacus Extra, Sugal, Vicky Veneman, Elijah Barfalt, and then. Before I start,
2: finish the reading, I just want to shout out a couple things. One, shout out to the return of Evolving name. Another Evolving name coming back. Two, uh, Father Multiverse is fucking Vinny and I was so confused because I was going through my Discord the other day and I saw on my friends list or my messages, I had somebody named Father Multiverse and I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and so, I went to go look and it was Vinny's trolling ass and I was like, this is unhinged. And then, uh, what was the last one? Oh, the other, it was, um, the little spaceship that could. I assume that's a reference to the Unhinged Cup with the spaceship decks going ham. It's But uh, That shit was awesome. But anyway, to continue reading, we have a true hero, Tyler Tadeo, Volving the Mega arc, Archangel, Enraged Peacock, excuse me for my voice being messed up, my nose, Janitor 215, R.I.P. Ron Ron, Thomas Rude, <laughs> Jeff Strain, uh, Brian Moore, Ty P336 is the Soul King baby, Gingerilla, John Starr, the famous tattoo artist. Uh, I'm just a little uh, nasty oh, sometimes. Yeah. No, I'm uh,
0: Star, a famous tattoo artist. I'm wondering about that. Like who that is. Uh, I actually don't. Me too. I'm going, to, I'm going to Google it. Go ahead. You can continue reading. I'm sorry.
2: Frozen Go Dojo, David V, Dextastic, B-Dog 23, Felipe, Glenn, Glenn Hershey Bar, Poister, Romeo, Junk, Synchron, Schneider, Tyler, Frasher. Is uh the final one on this list?
0: Yes, yeah, so I just Google John Stark, came across their Instagram, and their work is really good. I don't know if you are John Stark, um, if that. I mean, I don't. I feel like you're probably not because saying the famous tattoo artist is like. you I mean, you could be very confident in yourself. Who knows? But the tattoo work here is fucking phenomenal. I'm, I'm trying to just get to that point. Um, the, yeah, this is some really, really good work. Imagine so, if you, you are John,
2: if you are actually John Stark, shout. Let us know for, for real, for real. But that, yeah, that's because you could just be. I could, you know, I could say I am. I'm. I don't know. Kenneth Luffy. Cole or something.
0: Yeah, you could be yeah, Kenneth Cole's a good one. Um but yeah, you could be anybody. so I do not I d I don't I don't actually know, but either way, uh we appreciate your support. And yeah. So let's get out of here. As I always say, guys, do the things that make you happy, including enjoying the Saw franchise. We are now officially halfway through. It's kind of crazy—five movies in, and it it's only halfway. But yeah, fifty percent through the Saw movie. So we have five more to watch, and there will be more yeah, podcasts guys. in the future—not directly after this one, but eventually after this one. So, yep. Anyways, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.
2: Peace out. <laughs> Boop, boop, boop,